across the UK, online and on DAB. A new kind of talk radio. We'll get you talking. Talk radio. Those two, Baldy and the Tramp, they leave this studio in such a mess. I spend the first 20 minutes of my show... Um, no wonder I was angry yesterday. You spent the first 20 minutes tidying the studio up. Flipping heck. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Yesterday was kind of like the 4th of July. The way your face lit up the entire sky. Had to look away because it hurt my eyes. The way you hit me was a big surprise. Making any sense, but I felt okay. Ask you if it was my birthday. This kind of thing don't happen every day.
you have to stop it because it goes into a sweary song, you see. Yeah, that's the way it works. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. Uh, thank you to uh, Baldy and the Tramp, uh, who uh, were on before. I guess. I mean, I, I was watching a uh, um, film on my computer, so I have n- no idea. Um, but uh, I'm led to believe that they uh, they were sat here for the three hours. It certainly smells like they were sat here for three hours and um, were doing a radio show. Tonight, a little bit calmer than uh, yesterday, shall we? Just have a gentle wander through a Wednesday. I feel a little bit sad about Tara Palmer Tompkinson. I feel a little bit sad. I didn't know her particularly well, but I sort of knew her a little bit. And um, our paths crossed... I don't know, like 10 times maybe or something. And I know that I, I I really annoyed her once without intending to. She was on the TV show that I was on. We were probably both off our faces, if I'm completely honest. And I know that she got she was annoyed by something I said. But I'd seen her since then. And, yeah, you know, I've not seen her for, I don't remember the last time I saw her a few years ago. I don't know her. But I'd been in her company. If I was in a room and I saw her, I would say hello to her, you know. So I just feel a little bit sad about that. And, you know, it's kind of the same age as me. A couple of years old. Well, a year old. I'll be 44 soon. So I feel, you know, that's kind of, um, that's kind of, um, what's it kind of done? I don't know. When when people start dying that are your age, you think flipping heck. And I know that she um, uh, had a brain tumour, didn't she? That was, um, was yeah, well, we don't know why, why she passed away or what went on, but we know that she was troubled and um, uh, we know that she had a brain tumour and um, it's just flipping heck. I was did, doing a voiceover. It's doing a voiceover for the Channel 5 thing for Laugh Out Loud. It's a really good one. It's one going out this weekend. It's about magicians. It's very very funny it it really is um it really is one of the funniest that we've done i'm not sure what day it goes out there's there's a whole like five minute section of um people doing that trick you know that trick and it is brilliant where you hold up a blanket all right and then the blanket drops and you've disappeared right and it says loads of people just doing that and the trick is spoiler alert you hold up the blanket and you kind of just, you run off before it falls, right? But it's like a whole montage of people running into a wall. Because they, they've totally misjudged it. It's hilarious. And Dave Spike is so funny on it. He, he's really funny. So I was doing that. So I was in quiet. And we did it in record time. It normally takes two hours. We knocked it off in an hour and 15. I know. So either we're getting very good at it, me and Ben, the producer... Oh, we don't give a stuff. It's one of the two. I couldn't possibly comment. But we did that, and there were some really funny clips in it. What was the other... Um... Oh, there was one that, that really made me laugh out loud, and I, I, we had to um, we had to stop, because every time it came on, I kept laughing at it. Um, um... Oh, there's a fun... <laughs> there's a very funny bit um, soaring um, a lady in half. Very funny bit. And Dave Spikey's commentary over it is just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So I was doing that today. So I was in a comparatively, you know, up and down today. Up and down. But I had a nice thing. I got up late and then I went and saw my eldest swim at school. And he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but, you know, up and down kind of, uh, kind of day, and the old head is wobbling, the old soul is wobbling a little bit, the old spirit is, um, being riddled with ennui. 
Um, so, you know, up and down, up and down. But that, that finished early. It's like, oh, I can go and get a nice little walk and get some fresh air. And then I came out and um, Ben said, oh, you Tara Barra Tompkinson's diet. It was like, flipping heck. And it was just, um, it just kind of caught me um, unawares, really. And it's just sort of, I don't know. I don't know what. And there'll be, you know. It's just, a, it's just, a, it was just a strange one. It was just, you know, it was just a strange one. It's left me feeling a little bit. Well, the word is discombobulated, isn't it? I think. Um, uh, it's just, just made me think. You know, flipping out. I'm going to be 44 in a in a couple of months, and you know, people my age are dying. People my age are dying. Mum, can you believe it? Oh, I tell you what, flipping it. Talk about being a nutcase. I've been absolutely insane today. I'll be honest. Up and down, up and down, like emotionally. I heard this brilliant thing on Radio 4 today that I thought was going to be rubbish. Normally, they're things that are on at quarter past two in the afternoon after the arches. They're normally not very good, right? And this thing was brilliant. It was this bloke, this Welsh bloke, this Welsh gay bloke. Both of those points are relevant. That's why I've mentioned them. And it was sort of a cross between a documentary and a drama about... um, um, about his mum, really, and there were other bits in it. It was about him and his mum, and it was just so brilliantly done. And um, he'd found loads of cassettes of him and his sister as kids, and and it really made me think. I had a brilliant tape of me and my sister, and I've lost it. Someone's chucked it away. Someone has chucked it away, and I've lost it. And I was the keeper of that, and I've lost it. Um, but um, it was. So good that, and I, I, I parked up in a multi-storey car park. Brilliant multi-storey car park I found in London. It's just outside the congestion charge. You can park there for, for um, like six hours, and it's only thirteen quid bargain. But I parked in, and it's an underground. But I could still get the Radio Four X, uh, the Radio Four digital signal. So I stayed in the car listening to this. I didn't plan to listen to it. I planned to stay in the car and have a little doze for 20 minutes because I was knackered. But I ended up listening to this. Oh, God. It was so good. Oh, it was so good. And you know his mum's going to die at the end. You know she dies at the end because he's told you at the start that she dies. And, uh, oh, I was in floods of tears. I was in floods of tears in the car listening to that. And I'll be honest, these new pills, it's not that easy to cry. You can't really cry on them. It stops you crying. But um, this thing was so good. Um, I thoroughly recommend it. It was, um, I'll, I'll, I'll find it because I tweeted him and I'll, I'll, it was called something like My Mum Taught Me to Sing or something and it was on Radio 4. I really recommend you listen to it. And I thought it was going to be a bit rubbish because it's, it's, it's a bit camp and it was, and it was a little bit, I thought the first few minutes I thought, oh, I, I, this, this guy's irritating me. But, um, once I tuned into it, once my brain chewed into it, it was brilliant. I was talking yesterday about, for me, good radio is storytelling, is good storytelling. Oh, this guy knew how to tell a story. He knew how to tell a story. And he was oh, and that was it. The, the bit that got me, right, the bit that really got me was he was, um, I can't quite remember how he went into it, but he said that when he, he was very very you know sort of camp flamboyant child and he was he was wanting to be a singer mum i want to be a singer it's like that kind of vibe in fact that was a direct line from it and um he, he said that when he was young he found out really early on that um if you you can slow any song down 
and it will suddenly, just by slowing it down, any song will suddenly have great import and be really powerful and really moving and really meaningful. And he said that he found this out about the age of 13 and the song that he found it out with, the Dogtanyan theme. The dog, it, the Dogtanyan theme from Dogtanyan and the Muskehounds. And he, he was playing that really slowly and it's like, oh, flipping heck. It melted my heart. Dogtanyan really slowly. It was incredible. I don't know what the rules are, but do you know what? I'm going to try and find that little bit and play that little bit of the Dogtanyan theme because it was, it was just, oh, flipping heck. Why have we got a load of calls racked up? I haven't done anything yet. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I found the thing. I'm, I'm trying to find the clip. I can't find the exact clip. I'll, I'll go through it in a bit. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh, we got some calls here. Let's go to. Let's go to Robbie first. Evening, Robbie. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing terribly, mate. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, thank you. Nice Here one. in sunny Western Supermare. There you go. Well, sort of sunny. Here it's night time, mate. How can it be sunny? It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we can do anything, I tell you. Well, there you go. Didn't How Western Supermare, um, didn't your um, pier burn down? Yeah, yeah. I was actually away on holiday, so I was All right, he's got an alibi. One. I wasn't accusing you of doing yeah. it, mate. I didn't say no, it was you. Cover your back. Flipping heck. <laughs> anyway, Robbie, you've called in. I'm imagining you have something to say. Well, I've, I've actually been uh, recommended to you because I haven't tuned into your programme before. It sounds really good. A good oh. friend of mine, Barry Westwood, um, who I believe you've spoken to a fair few times, is a really good friend of mine. Oh, is Barry the um, elderly vegetarian hippie? You know him well. Yeah, we go. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I worked with him for many years at the Winter Gardens in Weston. Oh. And, uh, had many, many... Hours. What were you doing at the Winter Gardens? What was your role there, Robbie? Well, I was kind of technical, sound and lighting there. And what kind of acts? Who did you see? Who did you Who did you light up? Oh, crumbs. Well, quite a few people. Go on, give uh, us the names. Give us the names. Uh, we've had uh, quite a few tribute acts, known for quite a few of those. Bootleg Beatles that mm. have done quite a bit of touring. Bootleg Beatles, yes, like them. Uh, quite a few guest speakers, a few Tory conferences we had down there. <laughs> Uh-oh, never mind. Yeah, I find it hard to say that bit of a... Never mind. Thing of throw as I say that. Yeah, yeah, lots of bits and bobs, and, uh, you know, lots of uh, local people that have had an opportunity to come and perform and do bits, you know? It's yes. really good. It promoted a lot of people from around the uh, area. Go. I like a bit of Western. I, can't remember. I haven't been to Western for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah, it's a lovely little place. I live in Sand Bay, which is just a little bit further around the coast, and, um, you know, I really sort of I grew up here and spent a lot of time in London. I would love to live by the coast, right, because I like that, but not during the summer, because that would be silly, but during the winter, when it's dark and it's wet and you can feel the salt in the air. It's great. Yeah, but it's brilliant. It is absolutely refreshing. A good walk. Yeah, good, ref- refreshing cleanses the soul. <laughs> you're on, you're trending on Twitter now, Robbie. Oh, good. I, I, do you know? I don't think I've ever come across Twitter. I've tried to avoid it all through my life. My so, um, uh, Scott Balcony. This is how this is how radio can connect people, right? Scott oh. Balcony is a t-shirt printer in Uxbridge, and he's just tweeted, "I'm listening to talk radio. Barry Westwood's mate has just rung in." <laughs> 
Absolutely. You see? You see? Never mind. So have you got anything you want to call? I'll tell you what, Robbie. Because yeah. it's your first your first time here, yeah. why don't I introduce you to the regulars, yeah? Oh, that would be fab. Look Say that. hello to Alan Caddick. Hey, how we doing? Can we move now? Hello? Hello. Who are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. Uh, where are you phoning from? I'm in Birmingham. In Birmingham? Oh, you're not too far away, really. Just on the M5. Down the M5. If I, uh, only a few years ago, I was doing pantomime up there. All right, well, I was what you said last night, there's been some reaction to it. Oh, really? So, you know, Ian had a massive wham last night about radio. <laughs> yeah. It's been mentioned on the Radio Today website. I had a massive what? Wham. R-A-N-T. Oh, rant. Rant. <laughs> okay, carry on, Alan, carry yeah, on. Be careful. Yep. It was mentioned on the Radio Today website about it. Because, you know, last night, he was learning about this new policy for management to give DJs how to act on the radio. Apparently, the station, the owners of that station, they've been online defending it. Well, what do you say to that one, Ian? Well, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie hasn't got a clue, Alan, what you're banging on about, or probably even what the words are that are coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Don't worry, Robbie. I can be I can be indelicate where you have been very polite. Thank you. You're very you welcome, sir. You translate. Yes. No, I, can't, I don't understand a word he's saying either. <laughs> I'm talking about the start of yesterday's show. Yeah, well, oh, the start... Yeah, yeah well, right, Robbie, you weren't listening. The start ah, of yesterday's right. show, now we're getting meta-meta. Now the radio people are right, because now we're... Now we're not only re- pulling back to reveal... We're pulling back a curtain to reveal that there's another curtain, and we're going to pull that one back now. OK. Let, let's not dwell on what we did yesterday, Alan. Um, suffice... Suffice to say, somebody from Bauer got in touch and said, well done, but i got to keep their name anonymous. <laughs> Suckers. Uh, Alan, Alan, thanks for calling. Goodbye. Um, I don't know what he was banging on about either, Robbie. Well, listen, Robbie, it is a phone-in show unlike any other phone-in show. I'm learning that, and it's, it's lovely to hear Well, people. it might... Well, you will hear... Uh, in, in, in capitals and italics, different people yeah, on this show. That is guaranteed, sir. Excellent. Thanks for calling, Robbie. Thank you take it easy. Tutty bye, tutty bye. I wouldn't be surprised if um, uh, Robbie had uh, done a little bit of jocking in his time. You know, jock's voice, didn't he? Didn't he? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. It's going to be a little bit uh, uh, calmer than uh, yesterday's uh, shout fest. Um, Jay, good evening, Jay. Good evening. Hip hip hip. Hip hip hip, Jay. You almost really want to uh, uh, stop listening and go and get the podcast from yesterday because I didn't hear you. Yesterday. Oh, mate, mate, you missed. You, uh, lost, you, missed... you lost the list, listener because you were so good at plugging your previous day show. You missed a, a um, belter, shall we say? It certainly all kicked off on air yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'd, I'd have caught up by now if um, I mean I, I didn't like to. I almost there's a couple of times really. There's, there's, there's not enough time to catch up from the previous day before you listen to that day. What can I do and to I help, only... Jack? Well, how can I make well, that better, Jay? 
I think if... Well, it's not really down to you, is it? I think oh. it's down to uh, Cass, who probably should work harder, maybe. Yes, well, well, she does work very, very hard. Maybe, well, know, but maybe Jay, you should be working harder to keep yeah, up. Yeah, to, to keep up, yeah. But if, if you could just stay until five in the morning editing the editing the podcast and get that out in the morning, that, that would be great, wouldn't it? Would well, that be good for everyone? Well, well, no, because you'd still have the same amount of time to listen to the podcast. No, because the whole day. Well, you've still got a whole day to listen to the podcast now, but it's just the day after. No, yeah, but yes. I, I, not before the what? not before the live show on that night. Well, stay up and listen to the live show. Yeah, I know. But or you, oh, it's a nightmare. Use the excellent listen again facility. Yes, on that's what I should do. The uk website. No, you're right, you're right. There's no excuse. I apologise to Catherine. She didn't have to stay up till five in the morning. Well, she that's will consider your apology and she'll let you know in 30 days' time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe good. Barry Westwood's mate rang in tonight. Can you believe that? Where it were you Where were you when Barry Westwood's mate rang in? I liked him. He seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like an absolutely delightful gentleman. But where were you, dear listener, the night that Barry Westwood's mate rang in? <laughs> <laughs> a thing now. It's a silly job, isn't it? It's a silly job. Yeah. Um, Ed, how? I just wanted to phone up. I noticed you've not you, you've not been so um, chirpy, and uh, you've, you've been having a few issues recently. And, yes. Um, you know, so I just thought I'd give you some support on that one, and uh, and wish you all the best. As but, you said that, I, I looked it. over. I looked over to my pile yeah. of newspapers, and there, slap bang on the top are Alicia Duval's knockers. I'm going to well, fold those over because they're... Ad- yeah. Can't fold the paper! That's oh, <laughs> it, it. God, blimey. That's, that's is, she still, is she still uh, uh, getting them out, is she? Is she well, well <laughs> the, the, the star... For some reason, the Daily Star thinks that you and I are interested in who Simon Cowell has uh, had sex with. Right. So, and Alicia Duval is now adding her name to that list of brave people right. who've taken a hit for the team. Okay. What are you doing? I've, I've, got, I've got the feeling, Jay, that I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I've not got your full attention. Sorry, I'm uh, dealing with doors in the house, that's all. Okay, I tell you what, you deal with the doors, I'll speak to Keith. Good evening, Keith. Hey, love you. Huh? You caught, caught me off guard there. Right, okay, well, you, you get on guard, let's go to Barry Westwood. Good evening, Barry Westwood. How you doing, Ian? Where were you when your friend phoned in? I was actually listening to the show, as I have been doing since August, and what a lovely guy my mate, isn't he? Isn't he just? He's he's now trending on Tinder. I tell you, I, wor- I worked Twitter, with uh, Twitter, Robbie Twitter. after he, he he was he was a child actor with the Sylvia Young School of Acting. Was he in any movies? He's done loads of things, and I'll tell you something about him, shall I? Go on, yeah, give us some gossip. Did you notice how, did you notice, well, you will appreciate it, obviously, being a, a radio broadcaster. Yes. What a lovely speaking voice. I said that he sounded like he might have been a jock. Well, what it was, I think he actually had his voice trained at Crofts. At Crofts? At Crofts, you know the dog show? He had his voice trained at Crofts. He had his Crofts. voice trained at Crofts dog the show, hell yes. you, Barry Westwood, you've, you've crossed the, the Rubicon, you're talking nonsense. <laughs> I know, uh, Ian, um... Seriously, Robbie, he is one of life's nice guys, you know. Um, I like this show so much so that I'm thinking of going along to my local Labour Party next meeting, and I'm trying to get this prescribed on the NHS. Well, you see, something needs to be done, doesn't it? It certainly does, uh, and, and you know, this is, this is uh, well, you can't beat it for cheering people. You can't beat a bit of bully. 
No, and, and come back to Robbie, as I say, working yes. with people yes. in life. I worked for 50 years, you know, I was a coal miner for 17. Yes. You're, you're um, trending on Tinder now. Oh, well done. Scott well done. Balcony. I don't understand anything about it. No. I'm, I'm a total technophobe. Scott Balcony, who is um, um, a T-shirt printer in Uxbridge, has now just tweeted, I'm listening to talk radio. Barry Westwood's just rung in. Well, you tell him if he prints some out, um, get in touch with me and I'll certainly buy a few. Okay. Well, this is beautiful. Probably I illegal, will. but beautiful. Wowzers. Okay, sorry, carry on, yeah. Barry Westwood. Well, what, I was, what I was going to say, I, yes. I, I worked for about 17 years. I oh, come from Cannock. I don't think it's far from Caddick. No, well, yes. And, oh, it's a long story. So I was underground at 16. Uh, what, do you mean, un- what do you mean underground? What does that mean? coal miner. Oh, okay, working in the coal mine. Oh, bed in the was coal mine. That, that was a good song, Big yep. Bad John. Yep. Anyway, um, I found myself, my wife and myself, we moved over to Western Supermare in 1975 to manage a miners' convalescent home. Yes. And when the uh, Tories, sorry about that, I'm like Robbie, I'm a very political person when it comes to them. Yes. Uh, When the coal industry went into decline, obviously jobs went. So I finished up at the Winter Gardens. Now, Robbie came to me virtually from acting he came back eventually went on to do a degree in acting which he successfully completed yes and um i mean he'd always worked and he was doing very very well yes uh he he met his lady who's now his wife and he <laughs> came out he came out of acting oh i thought i think when he came out i thought he meant he married her and she was a beard <laughs> no, he came no, out no, no. No, he, he, he came out of acting yes and yeah. he's now a school teacher primary teacher Oh, fantastic. That's what I'm going to do, Barry Westwood. When this all goes pear-shaped, which it will do, sooner than we think, I'm going to knock this on the head and become a primary school teacher. Well, there you go, Ian. I'm I'm sure you'd be, uh, you know, well-equipped for that job. I'm sure you'd pull it off well. Well, get two innuendos in that sentence there, which are inappropriate (laughs) in my mind. The fact that I noticed those two innuendos means I'm probably not the right person to teach primary school kids. But that's the plan, Barry. One day, once this, or this, the, the, uh, the, as uh, Danny Baker would say, the uh, biscuit wheels come off the gravy train, I will become a primary school teacher. Well, I tell you what, mate, uh, in, in my next life, as you know, I sort of follow the Buddhist line. If In my next life, um, and you do eventually become well, a primary teacher, and I've passed on, I yes. hope that you're my teacher, because the ones that taught me, yes. they'd all come back from the war, bless them. They were all a bit messed up, you know. Oh, so there was a lot of violence in classrooms, but that's another... I, I wish that we... Uh, I, know, I know you buy into this reincarnation thing. and the, the, what, what, what number do you reckon you're on, Barry? What, what, what time round is this for you? I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't have a clue. I mean, other than the fact that I hope it's uh, I hope it'll be another good journey. I've, I've, I've isn't got it? Eight, isn't it when you get to eight? Isn't eight the 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 um, means you're like that's your last one? I don't know. I mean, the Buddha was supposed to have had eighty three, oh, but then the Buddha was a much more gifted. The Buddha, um, the Buddha was brilliant because the Buddha. Me. I'm the not Buddha, too sure how many I had, you know. The Buddha was uh, could be a man or a woman, couldn't he? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so they say. Yeah, yeah. Teacher, he wasn't a Very trendy he, he, now. He wasn't a, um, a, a, a god that you worship or you ask to do things for. He was a All I know that. about Buddha, right, is from watching the TV series Monkey Magic. But, 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 in fairness, do you know that programme, Barry? No, I Oh, it's wicked. Him. It's the legend of the monkey, right, basically. The right. monkey king. Um, and it's a true legend. Uh, but So all I know about Buddhism is from wo- watching Monkey Magic. But they were pretty spot on with the, their, the, you know, their kind of Buddhist tales and stuff. Even mm. though it was like a kid show and it was a comedy, the Buddhist stuff was pretty spot on. 
You should, mm. you should, you. I'll read um the read the book that it's based on. Um, Monkey Journey to the East or something. It's okay. Called. It's it's good. It's good. It's good. He's um he got thrown out of heaven for um being naughty and turned into a, a monkey. Mm. So oh yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go. Barry, I love the reading. I love the box. Have, have a little look at that. It's good. That if you if, thank you, Barry. If you're a fan of Monkey Magic. Um, then read the book. I used to read the book that, that it was based on, like, every couple of years. Monkey Journey to the East or to the West? To the East. Long time ago. Born from an egg on a hand. Under the sun, he's the guy when everyone could have some fun. Monkey magic, monkey magic, monkey magic, monkey magic. What a cocky, saucy monkey this one is. All the gods were angry and they punished him. Until he was saved by a kindly priest. And that was the start of their pilgrimage west. That's it, because it should... Yeah, I know, because you think it's going to rhyme priest with east. It doesn't. It's west. To uh, save by kindly priest, that was the start of their pilgrimage west. So he was going from China to India, which is west. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee. Talk radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Just got to check. I've got this right. There we go. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> uh, guys, you've got an obvious rhyme there. For crying out loud. Where's Jay gone? Jay's gone to bed. Lightweight. Off. Off with his head. Um, and what you don't see there, well, what I see and what I, you don't see because you're listening, is when they're saying, what a, co- what a cocky, saucy monkey this one is, he's having a wee um, against a tree and then he graffitis his name in the tree. It turns out that's Buddha's... Hand. And that's true. That's part of the actual legend. Because um, Buddha says to him, he says to Buddha, I can, I can, she says, right, you can't even fly out of the palm of my hand. And he went, oh, what are you talking about, Buddha? Of course I can fly out of the palm of your hand. I'm a good monkey king. You what? <laughs> Jumps on the pink cloud and he flies and he flies for days and days and days and he flies. Oh, I won't prove Buddha wrong. Flies, 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 flies for days and days. He goes, oh, I'll stop now. That's not me being racist. That's how they spoke on the programme. It's actually a pretty good impression of monkey magic. If anyone was racist, it was the people that did the dubbing of it for BBC Two. And um, he's, oh, stop now. And he stops. He goes, oh, monkey needs, a, monkey needs to have a slash. And so he stops and he has a wee on a tree and he carves his name into Monkey was here. And then Buddha goes, oh, monkey, and it pulls back. And basically, she, Buddha has made his stroke, her hand, infinite. And he's, he's spent days and days flying, 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 and he's still on Buddha's hand. Um, it's good, that. It's good, that, monkey. It, it, it wears a bit thin after a while, monkey magic. But it is um, enough good, that. The music, of course, done by... Um, the weird thing is, right, so it's monkey magic, right? So it's Buddhist, and it's... They're playing Chinese characters that travel to India, but it's made by Japanese TV. Isn't that weird? Um, and, of course, um, Tripitaka was supposed to be a boy, but was played by a girl. She died quite young of leukaemia in real life. Pigsy was played by two different actors. I always thought, 
When I was young, I always thought that Pigsy was played by Mickey Dolenz of the Monkeys. Genuinely. Because when I'm, I, I remember watching Monkey when I was about six, and I thought he was played by Mickey Dolenz of the Monkeys. And in my head, I thought that Mickey Dolenz had a contract. At the age of six, I was thinking about contracts. And in my head, I constructed an idea that he had a contract. He could only appear in things that had the word monkey in the title. How nuts is that? Miriam Margulies, of course, Andrew Sachs did the voices. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and the first ever episode of Monkey Magic I watched, I remember my friend, the excellently named Orlando Kelly and his brother Christopher, not quite such a cool name, but both delightful gentlemen, um, twins, I believe, not identical. Um, they told me about this brilliant program called Monkey Magic. Here's the thing. It wasn't actually called Monkey Magic. It was just called Monkey. And uh, they said, you I remember sitting on my mum's lap. The first, I said, mum, we've got to watch this program. I must have been about seven. So we've got to watch this program called Monkey Magic. It was on like 5.15 on BBC Two on a Tuesday. And the first episode I saw was Pigsy and Sandy. So Pigsy is a pig god and he got turned into a pig by Buddha for being, um, you know, a bit, bit rapey actually. And Sandy was a water god who lived underwater. And um, they were, to, to, had to walk to India they, from China. They couldn't fly. It was cheating. Keith and Jerry, I will come to you in a bit. Jay's naffed off, so I'm kind of filling in for where Jay would be. And the first episode, um, they found the f- fountain of fertility. And Pigsy and Sandy were well thirsty, so they drank from it. And they got pregnant. And I'm watching this as a seven-year-old. And they're both pregnant, lying there with, oh, pregnant. And um, then they're having little fantasies that they've got. They had, uh, the way I remember it is Pigsy has a little fantasy about his baby and protecting his baby. And in his fantasy, he's got an actual pig on his, in his, in his, on his back. A pig is like tied to his back and he's fighting all these demons to protect his pig. Look, wonderful, insane nonsense. Theme tune done by a Japanese prog rock group called Godiego. I never know how you how you say it. And they were like a prog group. Prog, they, they were like the Japanese Yes. And they recorded the theme tune. And they did a brilliant soundtrack album. They also did the great closing theme. Did you ever see this program, Ed? You ever? Oh, man, alive. Um, no, wonder, no wonder we're all screwed up. Um, they did the, the, the closing theme was, of course, the powerful Gandhara. Do you remember that? Gandhara, Gandhara, they said was in India. I haven't got time to talk now. Keith, Jerry, come to you after this. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 03444991000. Evening, Jerry! We can't hear it, Jerry. Oh, can't hear it. Well, not really. I'll turn it off then. Yeah, turn it off then, isn't it? Save, save your uh, internet. Did they repeat it? Uh, yeah, they repeated Monkey a bit. Then when they brought it out on VHS, like three episodes yeah. a time, I tried to buy them all. I nearly bankrupted myself. Thing is, yeah, you it's... only ever want to watch it once again, and then that's it. You're done. But um, uh... I think what was happening when I watched it recently. It's a bit bizarre. It was, oh, I loved it. I flipping loved it. Didn't Sandy have a song as well? Sandy, sorry, he had a song. Sandy had a song. Yeah, they all did. And the fella that played Monkey, when I was in Japan last, I was watching some TV programme, and they were, um, there was all, like, these old rockers on there. He was on there. He was in a band called, um, 
in the 60s called, like, The Spiders or something. It was something like that. And he was in, like, a sort of rock and roll, like a Beatles knockoff. You just remind me, the Curry Cordis Quartet's still going. Yeah, but there's only three of them. Oh. That's sad but true. Yeah, there's, uh, I don't know how many of these Kenjus left, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's only three of them now. But they're, st- they're, still, uh, they're still around. That's good. Hang on. You're listening to Talk Radio, playing all the phone calls all the time, every day. All the hits, all the days, all the time, or whatever it is. Did you see, right, just quickly to go back to that, the, the, the radio, and I never mentioned the company, I'm, I'm clever, man, I never mentioned the company, but the company that, that put out that, uh, issued that um, ridiculous set of instructions yesterday, they released the driest, most humorless, most pompous press release today basically having a pop at me and chris moyles and danny baker but without mentioning our names and it was while other people were were deconstructing this we were creating award-winning radio all right guys calm down calm down you know what the worst line in that memo was yeah we too don't care about the commercials. That don't say you're to the company to advertise. I, if my boss asked me to get on my knees and suck the commercials, I would do that because those guys feed my kids. They pay my mortgage. They're what, um, uh, they put dollar in my back pocket. Type one person who won't mind listening to just 15 seconds for Nigel Farage. Oh, flipping it, yeah, geez. that guy, that, that guy, you just, you just depressed me now, Jerry, by mentioning his name. Yeah, he's all right, he's, he's, he'll he's go, not, he's, he's like a much. knob. Just a bit shaking back down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shaking back, is he? Mm. He's, shaking he's having, back. Uh, having uh, eggs chucked at him. Yeah, and Stoke. Yeah, he doesn't mind having eggs chucked at him, just as long as you separate the whites. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. That is, uh, that is someone tweeted that. That's not an original. Someone tweeted that. I, I don't know who. I should credit them, but I don't know who. That's a good joke. Yeah. Hey. Hey. You got anything else, Sherry, before I cut you off? Are you on tomorrow? Is there a show in the morning tomorrow or something? What? what? I missed it. There's something going on tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, The Rabbit Hole, the episode two of The Rabbit Hole, the show that me and Kath do, is um, is going to be available. So make sure you've subscribed to it oh, in so advance. Oh, it's not a live show. Can't ring dinner. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. Oh, Sick up your bum. Uh, yes, if you, uh, The Rabbit Hole, if you go to iTunes, type that in, and um, you can uh, subscribe to that new one tomorrow. Don't forget, don't forget, on Friday, we will be... Um, um, just perusing through the iTunes reviews for this show and looking at the ones left over the past 10 days, let's say. And, um, the one that tickles our fancy the most, by coincidence, um, that person might get like a mug or, um, some books or a CD or something that we find lying around the office. Um, they might get that sent to them. Oh, I meant to ask you a question, Catherine. Uh, could you go on the microphone? Yeah. I thought, Jyla, let's go to Keith. Evening, Keith. Hi, Ian. How's it going? It's going all right, Keith. Now, my uh, thing popped up, because I'm obviously listening to Twitter, uh, reading Twitter, shall yes. I say. I worked uh, for about a year at uh, Group GWR, radio group. Yep. Um, in Dunstable. Yes. Children Radio. As an, uh, a computer analyst, basically, right. and the people that were the, the people that that criticised so much were the people behind the scenes, not the people actually doing oh, yeah, the, the job. People that have never made a radio show in their lives, yeah, 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 yeah. and they wouldn't even they yeah. wouldn't even phone up, let alone make a radio show. Yeah, yeah. And I, 
And as I know it was only briefly from uh, 97 to 98, um, I think it's disgusting that they they feel it's right to sit there on their computers, yet they wouldn't even have the balls to phone you. Well, you know, that's 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 what um, some people are like. The thing is, I don't, I'm not one of these people that has a sense of entitlement. Well, why won't this MP come on to my radio show? Why yeah, won't yes. this police officer? You know, people don't want to phone, come on the radio and uh, do things in public, then that's absolutely fine. I've not got a problem with that. The uh, the presenters were always lovely, anyways, um, to well, talk to. Yeah. They were sound. It was just the back staff that you used to have to deal with. Only lasted a year, and I ended up turning from computer analyst to a decorator. Oh, flipping it! That's a, that's a switch, isn't it? Well, it is because it was, it was very stressful. They were very demanding, and I had enough before that. Worked at London Stock Exchange as a uh, computer analyst. Hang on a minute! Did I we have computers much. in the mid nineties? We did have computers, I'm afraid to say. Really? Um, I'm trying to think back. back. In, it was back in the Yahoo chat days. That's how you got girls. You'd have no pictures or nothing. Oh, you, you're <laughs> taking you're a, a punt geek, then, weren't you? If you're a computer geek, yeah, I'd travel to Sheffield and everything. <laughs> what, for a little bit of nookie? <laughs> well, to see what they look like. <laughs> what we, we call in the CB days an eyeball. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, it was basically that, yeah. Wowzers. Um, what year were you in Horizon? Oh, oh, geez. Whatever year Robbie Williams' Angels was a hit, 97, 97, I think. Just, just missed, you just missed, I just missed you. Keith, you, you, you didn't miss much, mate, because my time there was not particularly good. Thank you, Keith. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the, uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, that was a nice, uh, flurry of calls. Um, We'll have a look in the papers, shall we? Let's go and have a look in the papers kind of kind of night tonight. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit... Um, oh, oh, you're so delicate. I'm feeling a little bit delicate. Oh, here we go. Look at this. It's, it's, there's a lot of sex in the papers today. A lot of sex. So tonight's show, I think, is going to be a little bit blue. Something for the dads. Okay, something, something for the dads. God knows why. Is, is, is Simon Cowell got a programme on at the moment? Is there a programme on? Because for some reason, the newspapers think that we're interested, that he's had, um, in who he's had sexual intercourses with. So Katie Price and uh, Alicia Duval. But also, this is also, this also is a lie. I think. Listen to this. This is a lie, right? This is a lie. Front page of the Daily Star. Simon Cowell is a love machine. Now, I've seen a love machine. Those things, they look absolutely brutal. Who romped 11 times in one night with Alicia Duval. That... You'd be shooting sand. That's not even possible. And that is even at my virile peak when I was like between the ages of 15 and 17. It was solo. But, well, I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to go into specifics, but, but I had a day off sick 14 times just to see, but, but, and by, by the eighth, it was just to see if I could. The music mogul is, quotes, sensitive but domineering. Look, I want to see you on top of this. 
in the bedroom, just like sex-crazed Fifty Shades star Christian Grey. What the hell? I wasn't even going to read this, but the full story is page five, shall we? Sigh made me sigh. Simon Cowell made me sigh. Eleven times a night. Simon Cowell is a love machine who romped eleven times in a night, his ex Alicia Duval claims. The former glamour model said Cowell is like the Fifty Shades star Christian Grey in the bedroom, sensitive but domineering. Oh, she even admitted, so I was, I was right, here we go. She even admitted the music boss analysed her sexual performance as if she was an X Factor contestant and told her where she could improve. Flipping heck! Look, I think you're quite good at performing that. The ex-celebrity Big Brother, I don't even know who Alicia Duval is, said Cal knows how to get inside a woman's head. I, I, I think I know why. The pair met in a hotel bar in London's swanking Knightsbridge area when he was working as a music producer for Universal. It was before the X Factor chief became a household name, but he oozed confidence as he approached a group of babes. (laughs) Hey, who's that guy oozing confidence? He's oozing something. Alicia told Closer magazine she was having a drink at the Mandarin Oriental with a pal when Smooth Cowl made his move. She said he'd been staying in the luxury hotel's penthouse while he was sprucing up his own home. He came over and started chatting. It was like a scene out of Pretty Woman, said Alicia. Hang on a minute. In the film Pretty Woman, she's a prostitute, Alicia. What have you just just compared yourself to? He's really talkative. Flattering, and knows how to get inside a woman's head. He recognised me as a glamour model, and we chatted all night. He was clearly interested. By their third or fourth date in 2001, she admitted things got steamy with Cowell, 57. We ended up doing it 11 times in one night, Alicia, 41, recalled. Why? This is, I mean, this is so made up, right? This is so made up. And uh, why is he... These stories must be coming from him. They must be coming from him. What is going on? And I'm wondering, and I don't know if there is, but if... if, Hmm. I wonder if this is somehow... And I'm not saying there is any connection. But this is the complete opposite of the David Beckham story, isn't it? We all hate David Beckham now because... Um, he's a slimy git who doesn't who does charity work just so he can become a knight. That, that's that thread. I don't necessarily buy that, but that's that thread, right? And yet, this is so the opposite of that. It makes me think: Are they? Has someone got something on Cowl, and he's kind of jumping the gun a bit? He's getting in first. The cosmetic surgery addict said once they started, they could not stop and slept a little bit in between, but only for a few minutes before having sex again. Where's Sam gone? Get, where's, get, get Sam back. Get, phone Sam up. Get Sam back. Don't don't let him bottle it. Phone him up. We'll go straight to him. Tell him we'll go straight to him. Alicia added, 
He would analyse my performance like a judge on a TV show and say how there could be improvement next time. Sam, where have you gone, you bottler? He was just like Fifty Shades Lothario, Christian Grey, sensitive but domineering. We're getting the same two quotes again and again and again. She said he had similarities to the sex-crazed fictional character. Uh, the pair dated for six months, but it came to an end after Simon invited to a showbiz party but did not take her. Um, uh, Miss Ms. Duval says she could well imagine Simon having it off with Katie Price because Simon has a type. He likes super slim women with gigantic boobs. That, that's a type, is it? <laughs> that's a type. Anyway, so apparently we're interested in this. Apparently we're interested in this. We're not interested in this. 0344 499 1000. Sam, I don't know where the hell you've gone, but you've uh, called back in. You've, uh, it, it feels like you bottled this, and I would hate to think, hate to think uh, that you... Um, let, let, let's assume that there was a problem with the, uh, the phone. The, uh, another sex story that's in the newspapers... Well, it's all, it's all, I mean, honestly, it's all filth in the papers. It's, it's almost as if the fact that, um, we've said we're not going to take, um, uh, lone children refugees anymore is, is not important. You, oh, you, the government decided that we're not going to take, um, uh, children, child refugees if they're coming on their own anymore. Stop, stop doing that. But, but Simon Cowell can have it off 11 times in one night, guys. Imagine that's important. Um, we'll do this one after the, after the break, because, um, uh, I I think, I think, um, what Anne Summers gets up to is worthy of uh, a little bit more than a a minute's talk up to the news. This is important stuff. Um, Art says, can you put the podcasts on SoundCloud? No. I think it's the simple answer to that. I don't, I, I don't, uh, no, why would, no, why would we do, why would we do that for crying out loud? That would just make things more complicated. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's a slightly more laid back, gentle stroll through the, uh, the newspapers today. And of course, whatever you fancy calling in about. Um, you know, you're more than welcome to pick up on the stuff that I'm talking about, or you can call in about anything you want. All you have to do is pick up the telephone, dial the telephone number, 0344 499 1000. You'll speak to Catherine. She will take your name and your number, and she will call you back. You then come on the radio and talk to me. It's as simple as that, guys. You dig? Do you dig it? Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. In the world's before monkey, primal chaos reigned. Heaven sought order, but the phoenix can fly only when its feathers are grown. The four worlds formed again and yet again, as endless eons wheeled and passed. Time and the pure essences of heaven, the moisture of the earth, the powers of the sun and the moon, all worked upon a certain rock, old as creation. And it became magically fertile. That first egg was named Thought. Tathagata Buddha, the father Buddha, said, With our thoughts, we make the world. 
elemental forces caused the egg to hatch. From it then came a stone monkey. The nature of monkey was irrepressible. Listen, they're the Japanese, yes. It's prog. It's proggy. Actual Japanese prog rock, guys. The 70s and the 80s were messed up. By the way, Sam, who we were trying to get on, he turns out he thought he was phoning Talk Sport. What a muppet. What an absolute pudding. 0344 1000 guys. Late nights with Ian Lee. Buzz off. Shocker vibrator in Anne Summer's recall. High Street sex shop Anne Summer's is recalling a popular vibrator over fears prolonged use. Jeez 
could result in an electric shock. The store warns wires could become exposed on the nine and a half inch oh black power wand ah I thought black power meant something completely different, but risking a two hundred and forty volt jolt. Oh, was it good? I've got a volt jolt. Felt like about 240. It would be. Huh? It doesn't plug into the mains, does it? It can't plug into... It's plugged into the mains. Flipping heck. You can't plug, you can't plug that into... Don't... I learned this as a kid. Don't mix electricity and fluids. This is insanity. Oh, was it good? A volt jolt. Anne Summers has taken the £58.50 body massager that provides intense vibrations off its website. It's also urged customers to stop using the mains-powered toy. You cannot. And also, all of the um, plug sockets by my bed are taken up. You'd have to go to the um, the bookcase. But uh, you have to go to the bookcase under the window. Do it there. Or get an extension lead. They have to get an extension. <laughs> um, either return them to stores or contact customer services. Yeah, if you return it, make sure it's in the box. I'm not touching that. A recall notice on shop window says... <laughs> Isn't it funny? We can talk about vibrators now and dildos, not butt plugs. But we can talk about them freely and easily and... I'm going to suggest 10 years ago we couldn't. It was still a little bit, um, who's sniggering at the back? That kind of thing. But now we can talk freely and openly about these things, guys. And I, for one, think that that is absolutely wonderful. A recall notice on shop window says, The voluntary measure is in response to a very small number of isolated reports that wires in the cord have become exposed at the base. Don't expose at the base. Over a prolonged period of use. It adds, the product complies with all relevant European safety testing standards. But as a precautionary measure, we're recalling the wand. Um, (laughs) It's not the first time it's happened. There's previous. In 2013, customers were told to stop using the ultimate O-vibrator over fears the charger was faulty. Ann Summers, which opened in 1970 and sells two million rampant rabbit vibrators a year. Flipping heck. Flipping heck. I'm in the wrong game. Evening, Richard. Hello, how's it going? Ah! Yeah, same. What's happening for you, Richard? Uh, I generally feel a bit awful. Um, but, um... I've got, I've got, uh, I managed to listen to the two mics that are getting, uh, roused last night. <laughs> Amazingly. You're the gentleman who's had, um, uh, who, who's had intercourse whilst listening to the two Michaels shouting at each other. <laughs> yep. I it's could see, I was, I was listening to them. To I was listening to them for the first half hour on the way home and I could understand, I was feeling a little bit, um, their, their anger and their frustration. It's obviously, it's a homoerotic relationship they have. It's it's yeah, unrequited, it's, but they're definitely they lust after each other. 
Oh, I just imagine that they, they're just fondling each other throughout the whole show. <laughs> no, I, the thing is, I think if they were to actually have sex, uh, uh, sexual contact of any kind, it, it's like um, um, when Niles um, finally started going out with the English girl in Frasier. Stop being funny. Well, <laughs> it stops being funny. Um, and I imagine it would be the same with them. If they had any sexual contact, even a little flick or a touch, it would, they, they would stop being funny. It's funny you should uh, mention Frasier, because there was actually a sitcom that, that sort of prompted uh, what I'm going to talk about. Away you go, sir. Um, so I moved into a, a flat about um, three months ago, which is the first place I've ever lived without a washing machine. Yeah. So I've had to use laundrettes. Hey. Um, and leading, like, sitcoms have led me to believe that these would sort of introduce all kinds of zany <laughs> situations into my life. Yeah. It's not like uh, that I, at I all, could, is it? No, I thought I'd meet the love of my life, uh, like, you know, or, you know, at least have some kind of scam going on, send someone I met at the laundrette. Um, it's the, it's the dull, it, it smells nice. I like the smell. I like the smell. If you walk past the window of a laundrette, um, the, the, the smell, there's like a, a, an exhaust pipe that comes out of laundrettes, and the smell from that is, is incredible. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's only me that's... That's like it. Subway when they pump out the smell of fresh. <laughs> Maybe. It's fake. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it, it, it has been a while. Not not that long, actually, because when our washing machine broke, I think when we were in the last place, I had to go to the laundrette. Um, and there's nothing to do. You, you just have to sit there for an hour and a half while, while your clothes Well, this get was my point. I actually, like, so... I, that was the other thing. Like I, I, I kind of expected all these sort of zany situations to happen, as Seinfeld and Friends and everything yeah. had told me would. Um, from waiting there, yeah. and I realised that the washing machine tells you how long is left on the cycle, so you can just go somewhere else and then come back. Oh, do they do they have have times on it now? Because they didn't when I. Um, oh, like the new thing. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, but saying that, I mean. Uh, um, I remember, actually, I used to have to go to the laundrette quite a bit when we lived in the flat because the washing machine died, yeah, and I got quite friendly with the young lady that worked there. Um, oh, no, I, I do apologise. I remember the last time I went to the laundrette, I was I was posh enough to pay for a service wash where you give it to a woman and she does it for you. That was <laughs> yeah, it. I had a service yeah. wash. I've, I've never voted for the Conservatives, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's I uh, I I am the hoi polloi. You are the hoi polloi. It was um uh, yeah I, I paid for a service wash and um the lady would do it then I'd go and collect it before they um, they close up but it's um they they they're strange. It's th- th- they all look quite 1970s in there. Actually this one's sort of like uh, it's it's like a gentrified laundrette. Cause it's sort of like a dry cleaners combined with a self service laundry, oh. and it's got like a nice waiting area, like with leather sofas and uh, magazines. Flipping egg. Uh, yeah, no. But then I, I I went and sat down in the waiting area yeah. when the first time I used it. I was like, well, why am I waiting here? I know it's going to be forty five minutes. I'm going to set alarm on my phone, go home, come back. And yeah. like, I don't think there's much of a sort of huge problem with people stealing second-hand clothes from washing machines. Well, you don't know. Did anyone... Because, of course, when I was growing up, the big thing was um, um, people go, according to the adverts, going in and taking their clothes off and putting them in and sitting there in their pants. Uh, there was a, one Levi's advert, yeah. Yeah. Well, but it, I think it happened in film. I, I seem to remember a couple of films where people go in and just sit there in their <laughs> pants. Or maybe they, maybe they weren't films, they were dreams. Place, but- I say, I say who doesn't have enough clothes, but saying that last time I went to laundry, I literally 
put my coat on with nothing on underneath. <laughs> really? Well, there, there you go. You're just doing exactly what I just said. <laughs> yeah, but I had a coat on. Yeah, so I suppose so. I suppose it's this. Yeah, why, so, can I ask? Can I ask why? Can I ask why are you feeling rubbish? Ah, uh, d- d- depression. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting it's it's, uh, it's it's getting me today, man. It's really getting me today. Yeah, I've um, uh, trousered him for it, but I've run out because I had like oh. a really really awful week last week, oh. and uh, I just run out and I can't like really can't ask going to the doctors and going to the twenty questions to get some more. Yeah, I know. It's just like guys. Don't forget just this monthly thing. Just please, just give me like four or five months, and I promise I'm not going to take them all in one go. I promise. Yeah. Just give me four or five months, guys, because I oh, I find this, and also because I've just changed my meds uh, with with my with because uh, I see a, a private psychiatrist, so he's changed my meds. He will. I know what will happen now. I need to renew them. I renewed them online. Um, and I'm dreading going to Boots to collect them because he writes to my GP, and my GP never updates the records so i will get my old prescription then i'll have to go and and have actual face-to-face conversation with the lady in the reception who is delightful but i say look sorry if you look on my um yeah you'll see that um neil's just if you can just can we uh great okay thanks very much i don't want to go and talk to people richard yeah the the similar thing i'm going to because like i um always said to my doctor i like i I, I won't take anything daily like uh, I, i don't i'm I, I can I can usually handle it well enough to not need to take anything daily. I don't like the feeling of sort of like feeling nothing. Yeah. Um, so sort of like just said that, and then he managed to convince him to prescribe me something called Trazodone, which I basically only take on sort of the worst days. Wow. Okay. I've not um, heard of that. Yeah. And, it, and he gave me like a it's, it's sort of like anti anxiety. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like a weird mix between Valium and MDMA. Um, the the um, he sort of gave me enough for about. Probably last me about three months. And now I've run out. Mm. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have to go back and have the discussion. Have and the test. Sort of... The test. Yeah. Because uh, I'm on these new things. Uh, I was went and saw my eldest swimming today. And it was, it, you know, it was brilliant. But I wasn't really there. I wasn't, I wasn't there. I'm still settling into these things. So I was kind of chewing my face off. And I was just like, because it was, it was hot. It was a hot <laughs> swimming pool. And so I'm just there feeling hot and looking at the ceiling going, oh, this is nice. Oh, Flip, I'm, I'm meant to be, I'm meant to be watching that. And I just look at the water and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Oh, I'm meant to be watching the boy. Where's the boy gone? Where's he over there? Right, okay. Oh, look at that. Isn't that wall nice? And I was away with the fairies and I sat there and I, I, I you know, I saw enough of it and I, I sat there and I, and then I just thought, then I had quite a long day of having to go and do this voiceover and come and do this. And I was just thinking, do you know what? It'd be really nice just to drive to an airport and just go somewhere. For a month. Imagine just going somewhere uh, for a month. Won't fix it. Wouldn't solve it. Yeah. But just going somewhere for a month. There's a big sort of like drop when you come back there. That's yeah. actually what what caused my sort of last uh, like last week. What oh, was right. So awful was um, I went to Milan for the weekend with a with a like friend. Yes. Um, and then came back and was yeah. just like, I've got to go back to work tomorrow morning. Crashed a bit. And uh, yeah. I'm not sure the crash is worth the uh, the weekend to go. <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it? It really sucks, and um, uh, I, I, I don't. I'm really scratching my head as to how I can turn this around a bit. So tonight's show is, I think, the word is perfunctory. Is that the right word, perfunctory? 
Is that a I'm word? Not sure. tonight, tonight's show is, uh, why do you wait at a laundrette when you're uh, <laughs> waiting for your There's no point finish? in doing it. The thing, I, the thing about this show is weird. There's no, I, no one phones in for the topics. I don't, that's why I don't do topics, because when I do, and I've had some cracking topics, no one phones like county, in. Counties worked well. Ca- well, ca- counties, was, um, uh, counties was fun. That was probably the, the, uh, the peak. It's all downhill I'm still from the king counties. of Wales and County Durham. I yeah. don't even know County Durham is. Mate, it's it's all it's all it's it's yours and it will be yours forever. Uh, although Rashid still hasn't. Uh, speaking of London, Rashid was not to pick my dry cleaning up and hasn't. Well, we'll we'll, we'll give him a boot up the ass. Richard, nice talk to you, Matt. <laughs> Cheers, Keep man. on keeping on. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh dear, oh dear. Look at that on the internet, Mike. Speaking of um, one of the two Michaels, it's all kicking off online. I'm, Mike Graham is having a row with somebody and I'm, only, I'm struggling to find the start of the thread. It's all over the shop. Um, I, I will find the start of the thread at some point. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. So I told you it's all sex stories tonight. Sex, 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 sex sells. Sex sells, guys. Um. Oh, there's now there's a really weird story. Let me which which. Well, okay. First of all, there's several weird stories. Front page of the Daily Mirror, I know who killed Jill Dando. You seen that? So there's that. And I still say to this day, there was a fella in the street the day that Jill Dando was killed. He was found hiding in a skip and he claimed to be a lord. He had nothing to do with it, right? No, absolutely nothing to do with it. It It's pure coincidence. But, 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 he was also found on the same street as another murder that took place several years before. Now, I'm the only person that remembers this guy in the Jill Dando um, murder. I'm the only person. No one else remembers it, right? This guy, he was... um, I remember, I'm sure there was a picture of him. He was quite tall and thin and white hair. And he was found hiding in a skip in the street that Jill Dando was murdered on the day of the murder. And he claimed he was a lord. And investigation showed he was also, by coincidence, fact discovered in, the, in a street of another murder a few years before. And I am the only... I wish I'd cut that story out. Because it was like, it was kind of a footnote. It had nothing to do with it. It Kind of a footnote, wasn't it? In the thing. And nobody else remembers it. And I've tried to Google it. And I can't, I can't find it. It's almost as if it's been wiped from the internet because they don't want you to know about it. I mean, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? For some reason, we like unsolved murders we dig unsolved murders you know it, 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 it excites us and when it was a television personality such as jill dando um it, it, it excited well no it does excite us it excites us it's the front page of the daily mirror you only put things on the front page because you know they're gonna sell 
A hitman claims he knows who shot TV star Jill Dando, a retired detective revealed yesterday. Now, the retired detective ain't no ordinary retired detective. It's Mark Williams Thomas, who, of course, is the fella that um, broke Jimmy Savile being a pedo. He's, he's brilliant. I've met Mark. When I used to, when I used to review the papers on this morning, <laughs> imagine that. I, they used to trust me to review the papers on this morning. Um, and I met Mark a couple of times in the green room. Absolutely fascinating bloke. And uh, I, 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 when he says stuff, when Mark Williams Thomas says stuff, I believe him. I believe him. Cause he knows his stuff and he, he never breaks a story before he's got the evidence to back it up. We'll come back to that in a minute. Hello. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah. Well, I've been listening. I've been enjoying it. Thank you. Uh, except, like, well, I missed, must have missed something. Cause I heard you say it's all about sex, sex, sex. But, uh... I didn't hear anything about sex from the Michaels. Oh well, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If you want, if you want, um, Emma, I can touch myself while you're talking to me. You can do. I am. Do, do you want me to do it as well? Yes, please. Mm. Feels good, doesn't it? It feels all right. Someone's getting excited in the back. Yeah, that's my friend Liana. Yeah. <laughs> She's touching herself. Wow! This is this sudden. It's a menage a trois. Well, that's what that's what you I thought that's what this was about. Sex, 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 exactly. sex, sex, sex. Yes. What are you called in for? Sex. Well, <laughs> if it's <laughs> on the table, no, I just called in to say hi. Not on the table, mate. While. That's unhygienic. Sex <laughs> is. Um, it has to be done in the bed. There's no. I don't. Not on the. Not on the dining table. On the. On the floor. On the. On the oh, I'm so horny. You when could we be go on the floor. Could do it on the. Well, no. Unless, As in, like you could be stood on the floor and the the person on the bed. Know, yeah, I know. I get that. But even that, I think, is inappropriate. The stairs. Oh, I'm so horny. Let's go upstairs. I can't. I can't wait to get upstairs. Let's do it on the stairs. What? No, I don't, let's, I don't. Let's do it on the set. No, I'm not doing it on the stairs. It's nuts. Close it off as well. No, imagine, imagine the. No, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be the bed, Hamo. A- a- anything else, I think, is um, abnormal. I think so. What about toys? Um. For goodness sakes, calm her down. Throw a bucket of cold water over her. Yeah, I will do. Calm down. Calm down, love. Calm down. Um, did you just call in to talk about sex? Uh, or anything else, really. Um, let me think. Well, I called in ages ago, like... We've never maybe, spoken, have we? Yeah, we have actually once. Uh-oh. On this station? Uh, on this station, yeah. It what, was what about? In the early days. Yeah. Uh, I was moving house, and uh, I'd been to the skip, and I was in a little altercation at the skip. Anyway, uh, I'm in that house that I moved into now, and it's fine. I, you, you said I sounded worried about it, but it's turned out really good. Oh, well, then there you go. Why did you have an yeah. altercation in a skip? Uh, my friend, he was putting the wrong stuff in the bins, and the guy told him oh, off. He didn't yeah. like being told off, and he actually nearly kicked us out. Yeah, oh, flip, yes, there was a lot of shouting, shouting and beeping of horns. Yeah, I, I don't like shouting and beeping of yeah. horns. There's no need. Talking of horns. Uh oh. Back to the sex, sex, sex. Here we go. <laughs> no, actually, I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> I do like it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it, Hemo, and I, I hope that you continue to like it, and I hope that it Thanks continues in a healthy. Um, loving way for you. How's about that? Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Hemo. Thank you, mate. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 
Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344-499-1000. Interesting to um, hear Hardeep Singh Kohli today on Radio 4 talking about how he was made to feel uncomfortable by a prank call. He got, um, you know, that we had someone phoned us up with the prank app. It's a pre-recorded call. And he was on talking about how it made him feel uncomfortable. Imagine being made to feel uncomfortable. That must be horrible. I'd hate that. I'd hate that. Being made to feel uncomfortable. He got very touchy about it. And it was interesting to hear his, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if he was called at work or not, but bit, imagine being made to feel uncomfortable. That, I, that's, that was a really sad story, I thought. Really sad. Um, when Mark Williams Thomas speaks, I listen because he knows his stuff. He knows what he can get away with. He knows um, not to go too far with the story until he's got the ev. And he's broken some cracking stories. And he's a nice bloke. He's a thoroughly decent bloke. Mark Williams Thomas said he showed a list of 100 suspects to the thug who picked one he alleged had killed the TV star in flipping it, 1999. Oh, my God. He said he has told me who he believes it is. Full story, page five. Because the there are so many... When you get unsolved murders, and when it's an unsolved murder of a celebrity, there are so many um, rumours, conspiracy theories flying around. Um, because People saying it's because she worked on Crime Watch. Um, was it that? Was it Serbian Mafia? Was it because she was about to expose a celebrity paedophile ring featuring um, politicians and uh, rock stars? Um, police are hoping a hitman. Wouldn't it be great if they if they got the fella as well? Wouldn't it be great? Um, oh, here we go. Here are the here are the theories. Let's read the theories. I hope this isn't too. Um, too macabre for me to do this. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't want to be too mawkish, but I just, I'm, I'm fascinated. So, so I hope it's not. If I feel I'm being too mawkish, I'll stop. But we'll see. Five possibilities. Um, oh no, we'll, we'll do that in a minute. Police are hoping a hitman can help them solve the Jill Dando murder case nearly 18 years after she was gunned down outside her home. A retired detective told yesterday how he'd spoken to the hired hand who claimed to know the brutal cr- criminal behind the killing of the Crime Watch presenter that shocked Britain. Mark Williams Thomas said he handed the hitman a list of around 100 potential suspects and asked if the murderer was on it. He indicated it was, but did not reveal the name, fearing his life would be in danger if he did. His voice disguised and talking on condition of anonymity, he said... There are names here that I recognise, and there's one in particular that stands out to me. But I wouldn't identify that person because it's very dangerous. Shelley, 37. Look, when asked who he thought killed Jill, who was shot aged 37, outside her home at Fulham, southwest London, in April 1999, the hitman said, certainly someone professional, highly dangerous, I'd say. Oh, um, he urged officers to follow up the leads and uh, drain a canal for the murder weapon. Um, there we go. No, I don't. I don't want to read any more than that. I don't want to read any more more than that. There, I mean, there, 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 the, the theories go on there, but I don't. Um, 
yeah, I don't want to read it. It, it, it. it is a bit grim, isn't it? It's a little bit mawkish. Let's let's not dwell on that. Let's hope instead that um, that uh, Mark is um, listened to. We should get Mark on the show one night because I think he's he's absolutely brilliant. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Evening, Ben. Hello, gorgeous. Hello, mate. What you got? Not a lot. Nah. How are you? It's one of them shows tonight, Ben. I feel like I am treading water. I'm gritting my teeth. Look, we're over halfway through. We're over halfway through. Oh, congratulations. Yes. I feel I just want to get my head down and get on get just finish the show. It's not <laughs> ground it's, I do. It's not groundbreaking tonight. It's 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 all right, you know. Uh, it's a it's a decent fair to middling average show and i can live with that but i just want to get out get home take a pill go to sleep na night and that'll be it oh well let me just say one thing i haven't listened for a little while oh where have you I've been, been doing, you've got a life been, no 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 i don't Good. have a life but I've, I've been podcast cheating and uh listening to other things yeah. although including you on other podcasts but just now, I thought, I'll oh, have a little listen live, and you literally mentioned three things that have all been playing on my mind of late, including the murder of Jill Dando. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is really, really weird, because, I mean, it's difficult, because if I said anything, it would be libelous, but as you know, I work in television, yeah. and I worked at ITV, yeah. and there was many, a very strongly believed rumour Oh, ITV about someone who was heavily okay, well, involved. Well, don't, well, don't, don't say any more. But I you, can't you, go there. I can't go there. No, but don't, don't. But so you, weird you, that you were talking about. But it. you have my email address, Ben. <laughs> you have, no, and I've, I've heard, I, and I've heard those, um, those rumours. I, I, I've heard rumours about celebrity, you know, p- potential celebrity involvement in it because of what she might have been working on or what she might have been about to expose. And it's weird, isn't it? Because, um, it. It's, I want to say it's easy to dismiss those things as, as conspiracy theorists and, and, and nonsense. But ever since, ever since Jimmy Savile and ever since the first Rolf Harris case, you know, we, we, he's still a convicted paedophile, despite what's, what, what, you know, what may have happened today. Ever since those things broke, anything is possible now. Anything is possible, it seems. Well, I think I think. The, the thing with the, the person with the rumours that were flying around where I was working was, it was so easy to believe. Yeah. Well, don't say any more. Don't say any more because I don't want to get. <laughs> I, no, I don't want either of us to get into trouble, and we might do no, it. And people might start put, putting two and two together, and that isn't fair. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. So, um, it's but not. yeah, it, it, you know, I, 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 anything is possible these days. It's been proved by Glitter and Savile and Harris and Stuart Hall and all of these people that um, oh, anything. Anything is possible, you know. The, the, the when is when are they going to start the inquiry into um, the VIP paedophiles? And why we I don't know why we call them VIP paedophiles. When are we going to start the inquiry into the MPs and the cover up and and Greville Janner and all of that stuff? When's that happening? Oh, never. It's never. almost like they don't want us to know about it. Oh, you think? 
<laughs> Isn't it, though? It's almost like they don't want us to know about all the MPs that were raping children in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and Greville Janner and all of that kind of stuff. Why would they want to know Was it Cyril Smith as well? Cyril Smith! Cyril Smith! Some fella, remember that that there was a dossier that was handed in to Leon Britton and it went missing, right? There was one, well, there was one, I had an interview with one fella who, I think he might have been a liberal, I'm not sure. He got a copy of that dossier and he told, like, the head of the party or something, he had a copy of that dossier. That afternoon, MI5 rocked up at his door. Heard me an interview on Radio 4. MI5 rocked up at his door and demanded the dossier and they took it off him. And he was on Radio 4 going, well, I, you know, this happened 35 years ago, but I believe it was taken off me because Cyril Smith stepped in and demanded it be taken off me. Yeah. Cover up? What cover up? <laughs> We're through the looking glass. Mate, here, tell yeah. me about it, man. <laughs> tell me about it. I, 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 you know, I, I, I kind of buy into that thing now that there, that, that there is a network of, um, you know, paedophiles that, 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 that run this country. Oh my God! Now that's like. Did I, did I just um, did I just jump the shark there? <laughs> Let's. I think we should go back on that one. Did I, did I jump the shark there? I may have jumped the shark. Yeah, there. Oh, nice, nice reference. Like, anyway, I just wanted to say something quickly because I know, yes. and it's a bit of a gear change. Oh. Well, as I said, you know, I tuned up. Well, I, I tuned in, and there was like two other Bens talking to you, and I was like, no, that's not right. No, no, no. I felt wrong. Way. You were talking. I felt like you were Ben cheating. Yes. And I was very upset about that. Bench obviously. press. Bench press. <laughs> but, <laughs> bench make, press. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it's, it's no, it doesn't make. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I listened to the uh, Bowling Green Massacre um, uh, podcast. Oh yeah, this is yes, which was fa- fantastic. Thank and, you, you know, I, I think it's a really great that you paid, we are, paid tribute to those people. We are very, very proud that we were one of the first to pay tribute to the many hundreds of people who lost um, their life, and also we're really hoping that we might win an award for it as well. I, I, I hope so. I hope Absolutely. so, uh, especially in honesty and, and and you know real realness. Yeah. Um, but it, it did actually make me think of. Um, Something that is real, uh, not that that's not real, but something very real. I actually, I lost my, 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 um, oh God, my neighbours were killed in the Tunisian attack. Ooh, flipping heck, were they really? Jeez, man alive. Man, I've been, that's been, that obviously has been in the press a lot recently. That's been in the press a lot more than the Bowling Green. Yeah, well, (laughs) rightly so, rightly so, to be completely frank about it. That has been, that has been, um, some incredible stories. There was that amazing story, wasn't there, of that young lad that, um, that protected his granddad by jumping in front of his granddad when the, the, the the guy was, um, you know, was firing the gun. Incredible. Flipping it. I'm sorry, man. That's, um, no, That's... don't, don't, it's, it's not about, I mean, it's more that it was a very, obviously it was a wrenching shock, and yeah. they were lovely people, but what is funny is, you, you know, people are killed in, well, people die every day, Yeah. but people are killed in these these terrorist attacks, and you don't know them, mm. you know, they're just faces. Yeah, yeah, named. yeah. Now, I knew these people, mm. and they were lovely lovely people but what i wanted to say to you was i remember so vividly the last time i saw them and they they said to me well they were literally about to go it was the day before they went to tunisia on holiday and they were really excited about it and the last thing he said to me 
was a cock joke. Not <laughs> <laughs> good for him. And my last memory of yeah. this man was doing a job about uh, a joke about his nose. Well, well, I will never forget that. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> good for him. It's funny, isn't it? Because it, it, we all like to think that we're going to have such important last meetings with people. We don't. I, I don't know. I don't. Point. I don't know that's what's going to happen after the show tonight. I, you know, we don't know. If we, <laughs> but seriously, we don't know if we're going to make it home after the show tonight. You, who knows what? Who knows what's exactly. around the corner for you, uh, Ben? Uh, thank you, mate. Yeah, and it's been reading some amazing stories about um, what happened in Tunisia. Am- amazing bravery from the um, the people on the beach. Um, what sounded like amazing cowardice from the authorities who held back, who delayed um, getting there in time. They could have saved lives, but they, they it, it, from from what we heard in the inquest, it sounds like a lot of them just held back because they didn't want to get involved. Ah, oh, man, it's a crazy world, isn't it? It's a crazy old world. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. I don't know if Scott's still uh, keeping count, but um, Barry Westwood's grandchild has texted in. Does, I don't know if that we- merits um, uh, uh, trending on Grinder, Michael. Good evening, Ian. How the devil are you? I'm very well, Michael. Always nice to talk to you. First time call. Oh, mate. you must say you. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yes, we. It's just a familiar sounding name. Yeah, Michael from Douglas. From Douglas. Um, yeah. It's not Douglas. Yeah. Okay. Um, like you, Ian. I work with a calf. Kathy Floyd, and she's a right know-all. Uh, they are they. Aren't they, though? She's a right know-all, right, and she's always correcting me. Yes. You know how much that annoys you when someone's always correcting you? Yes, I do know how much that annoys me when someone's always <sighs> correcting you. We can't settle this one dispute. No. So okay. The only, you know, you're the only real person that I can ask as a, a voice of reason. Okay, lovely. What, 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 tell me the <sighs> question and I'll sort this out. Please, let me be right. What's the other name, right? Yes. You know... For your navel. Yes. What? What's the other name for that? What are the options? <sighs> well, I would. Ca- I would call. I would call it the belly button. Oh, Jesus! Oh, she's got me again. Why? What did you think it was called? The belly button. Thanks for calling, Michael. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We're here to help with um, with any issues, any problems you may have. Um, uh, more than happy to. So, uh, say sex, 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 sex. Judy groped by the Munchkins. Judy Garland. Now I've heard this story before. Judy Garland was groped by the munchkins on the set of The Wizard of Oz, according to her ex-hubby. The adult dwarf actors... I heard there was a lot of sex going on during the making of The Wizard of Oz from the munchkins. I've, I've heard that. The adult dwarf actors allegedly targeted her, despite her being 16, was she? When she played Dorothy in the 1939 classic. I hate that film. Her ex, Sid Luft, wrote in an unfinished memoir, 
They thought they could get away with anything as they were so small. They'd make Judy's life miserable by putting her hands under her dress. The men were 40 or old. That's terrible. Garland said of the munchkins, they were drunks. They got drunk, They got smashed every night and the police used to scoop them up in butterfly nets. The dwarf actors earned at least $50 a week and blew it on hookers and gambling as they stayed at Culver Hotel in L.A. during filming. Here we go. Producer Mervyn Leroy said, They had orgies in the hotel and we had to have police on every floor. Bert Lahr, who played the cowardly lion, added, Put him up. Many munchkins made a living by panhandling, pimping and whoring. Midgets brandished knives and often had passions for larger personnel. Flipping it. Makes you think, doesn't it? Evening, Darren. Hello again. Hello, Darren. What you got for us, boss? Uh, I was talking about Marjorie last week. You told us to go to bed. Yes. Uh, hello, I'm so bad tonight, so hello. Good for you. Um, cheers. Uh, firstly, I wouldn't have mind the part of the, on the whole thing. You wouldn't have... We'll say that again. I wouldn't have, All right, I'll slow down this Slow time. down. I wouldn't have minded a part on the whole thing. It sounded like they had a good time. On the Wizard of Oz. Oh, well, no. no well, you've got to be careful making jokes about sexual assault. I wasn't assault. sort of joking. It sounds like if, they, if that was serious, they were having a good time, seriously. Well, well they, they, they sound like they had a good time. I don't know whether she particularly had a good time. Oh, well, she... In, oh, right. I, I didn't think she played any part in the, in the whole aspect of it. OK. Well, maybe you missed right, the um, that, yes. <clears throat> Right. I've heard you going on about video games before when you're going home, yeah? Yes. Um, are you just Xbox? I'm just Xbox! Oh, Ian, man, come on. Um, PS4 is decent as well. I, I can't get a hit with the Xbox. That's why I wanted to talk, because uh, I'm 100 in the world on the snooker on the game. You're 100 in the world on the snooker on the game? Yeah. It's a really crappy £9 game for the PS4, but it's it's got about 200,000 people playing. And so, you're, you're ranked... All right. Um, just 113 at present. Hey, have you heard... Um... The interview with um, Ronnie O'Sullivan, where he talks like a robot. No, is that something to do with um, the headset? No, no, no. It, 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 let, let, hang on a minute. Where, where, where did it? Uh, I put it on, please. Hang on, I'm going to put it on. Don't you worry about. I'm a massive snooker fan, like, to be honest. Oh, hang on a minute. Where uh, mm. it will be here? Ah, Larry sent it to me. Right, okay. So listen to this, right? So no. th- for some reason... Well, there is a reason for it, but the reason's quite boring. So this is Ronnie O'Sullivan being interviewed, and he's doing this as a protest, right? Listen to this. Right. The memories must okay. go back okay. to when you won this tournament, when you were 17 years of age, being Stephen Hendry. Does that sort of resonate when you, when you walk through the door? Yes, it resonates very much for me. When I come here to the Preston Guildhall, it has many good memories. OK. Um... So what, what about the rest of the tournament? Are you, are you happy with, with your game? Is everything good going forward? You've got a long few weeks ahead of you. I am very happy with my game. I hope I can keep playing very well till the end of the season. Well, you played a bit like a robot tonight. Well done, Ronnie. Thank you very much, Neil. I love that. I think that's brilliant. What do you think of that? Do you think he was just taking the mick? It, well, it says on, on there, that's from the BBC what? website, and it's ITV footage, it? and it said it was a protest about yeah. being investigated by the snooker for being, I don't know, for whatever. Right, what tournament was it, if you don't mind asking? Oh, for Christ. I don't, it's the snooker, the snooker tournament. Right, well, I know it was, right, no bother. No, and the point is with the snooker, yeah. um, I went to the um, 
what's it called, the Wembley Conference Centre when my mum and dad when I was about 15. Yeah. To watch Jimmy White play Cliff Thorburn. And guess who I got an autograph of? Um, Cliff Thorburn? No, Jimmy David White? Ike. David Ike. David Ike. That was before um, he, uh, he went switched and, careers. Before I watched his documentary and he went the way he went. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh, it was uh, just a point anyway, to be honest with you, No, but that, what, that's all it was. I was wondering about the video games and what, what you liked on them. Um, because I got a message from someone when I was playing saying, 46, Darren, and you're still playing video games. And he constantly sent us messages to Well, who said, well, uh, who's, I, I do find myself playing, because I do play Xbox and I play online. And yeah, I do find myself um, playing with 15-year-old boys. And I do, it I, does feel a little bit, it does feel inappropriate, if I'm honest. Massively. Massively, but this kid, he was coming across as about, I don't know, 22, 23. Um, but I chose to ignore him because... Uh, but but I've had, was, I've had, I have had kids. I have had kids. I don't kids. feel I'm too yeah. old for that. I've got kids and Hello, all that. I work, I'm self-employed and all that. Yeah. I've had kids having a go at me, and I've I've right. retaliated by saying, yeah, <laughs> but you're going to have to go to bed in a bit, and I can stay up bath, all night bath, if I bath want. Bath time. Bath time. Uh, school in the morning. I've, yeah. I've done but it then all. I realise I'm bullying. Hello. Yeah. Then I uh, <laughs> then I realise I'm bullying children online, and that's probably inappropriate. <laughs> I know where you're not allowed to uh, sort of. You're not allowed. You to tell them to go away. No, you can't. You can't. Well, they, won't, they won't leave you alone. You cannot block with people. It's a, well, the, the, <laughs> you have to. But do you think I'm, I'm too old to be playing that when I go? I'm going to cut you off because you're not listening to a word I'm saying. <laughs> so there's some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. You do end up playing. Um, um, well, the kind. Well, I don't really play the Call of Duties much, but when you do, you're you're, you're up against fifteen year old kids, and it it does feel in it feels inappropriate. So I tu- I turn my headset and my microphone off because it would be you know I'm sat there effing and jeffing. You can't do that when you've got to be playing against kids. When I play some of the geekier games like Halo Wars or something, you're, you're playing against generally against grown Americans. And here's the thing: am I the only person that does this? When I go online and I'm wearing my headset and I'm communicating, I pretend to be an American. I don't know, and I don't know why. Hey man, it's great to be playing this game with you tonight. Yeah, um, th- this is awesome. I'm really looking forward to this. And if it's a British person, I pretend that they're French. I don't understand your French accent. I'm not French. I'm British. Pardon? I'm British. Oh, I couldn't. I I didn't understand. You sound French. Where about you from? In Great Britain. I do all that stuff. And actually, that becomes more fun than um, playing the uh, video game themselves. There's a weird photo shoot. Right, sex, sex, sex tonight. Sex, 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 sex special. There's a weird photo shoot that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because it feels a bit incestuous. Have you seen it? So it's Christy Brinkley. Now she was married. Was she married to Billy Joel? I don't know if she still is. Right, and it's it's um, her doing a photo shoot. She's sixty three. So the story is, it's after 38 years after her iconic debut. She's doing another swimsuit. And boy, oh boy, she's 63. And doesn't she look great for 63? Isn't that fantastic? Beautiful. Lovely. So she's wearing very skimpy, sexy, high cut around the crotch area swimsuit. With two other women. Who are in even skimpier swimsuits. Bikinis. Very skimpy bikinis. Very, Very sexy photo shoot. They're her daughters. 
They're her daughters. Look at that. That's wrong, isn't it? That just feels... It just feels... Christy Brinkley smoulders in a shoot for the cover of Sports Illustrated, 38 years after her iconic debut. The model, 63, hardly looked a day older than in the 1979 Snap and wore a similar black swimsuit. But the Snap showed how times have changed as she posed with daughters Alexa Ray Joel, 31, and Sailor Brinkley Cook, 18. Daughter's called Sailor. Writing on Instagram, she said... Thank you, Sports Illustrated, for sending the powerful message that good things come in packages of every size. She's still a very slim... I'm going to say it. They're all skinny women. So they come in every size as long as it's skinny. And we do not come with an expiration date. Christy even appeared to walk on water during the photo shoot thanks to a submerged apple crate. She added in her post, My kids think I walk on water, so let's not mention the apple box concealed just under the surface. It really is the weirdest thing. Because they look sex. They're meant to look sexy. It's it's sex. It's a sexually charged photograph of a mum and her two daughters. And far be it from me. Um, to tell women what you can and indeed cannot do. But that, just to me, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, dear listeners. Another hour to go. If you want to give us a call. (laughs) Some of your phone calls have been a little bit ropey tonight. I'm going to be completely... I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. So try harder in the last hour. Um... 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Pick up the phone, give us a call. We will call you back so it will hardly cost you a penny. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
together today We're okay, I'm game Four nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh yeah, there's this story that's been. Uh, oh, uh, this is this guy's weird, right? Um, anger at DIY nuts nudity in the front yard. This guy's this guy is, a, is some kind of deviant. Right? You have to be a deviant. I'm not a fan of nudists and nudity, and you have to be a deviant to get your rocks off with this. A DIY yeah, a DIY enthusiast mixed mixed cement in his front garden while naked. There's jokes about being hard and stuff, which I'm not going to make, because I'm better than that. In view of his neighbours and passers-by, a court heard. Rob Jenner, and he's buff, right? He's a, he's a, he's a picture of him. He's, he's buff, so it's not, you know, um, he, he's a, he's a good-looking fella, you know, and he's, he's, but, I mean, still, why would you do that? What the hell would you think? That was appropriate behaviour to do something like that, you pervert. Rob Jenner, 42, said he loves being nude while doing up his house. But neighbour Frederick Black told the court, People don't want to see that. It's not right. Kids walk around that area all the time. It's by school. <laughs> oh God! I do, I mean I very rarely uh, am nude. The only times I'm nude are in the shower, um, and that's it. That's it. Sleep clothed. I change in the dark. There's no. There's no need for it. All those wobbly bits flapping about all over the place. Flipping heck. Told you, sex, 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 guys. It's a sex special this evening here on Talk Radio. Prosecutor Paul Edwards claimed Jenner's actions alarmed and distressed others. He said, he is not a naturist. He is an exhibitionist. I'd have gone further and said he's a deviant. But defence lawyer... Um, Alex Davy said the carpenter of Eccles Kent is within his human rights. Not in a front garden, not even in a, I would say no to a back garden, but I can understand that that would have, um, that would be a little bit harder to argue, steady. Um, you know, uh, in the back garden it's inappropriate, but I suppose if you've got fences and trees and stuff like that, it don't matter. But the front garden, no, that's inappropriate. That's completely wrong. Let's see if, uh, let's hope this deviant was sent to prison or fined many thousands of pounds. We read on. Maidstone JPs heard Jenna posted a warning sign. <laughs> oh, God. 
he was <laughs> he was cleared of breaching a protection notice and 13 public order offences. Flipping heck! He got away with it! This is this is what you voted for, guys. You voted um, to leave. You voted for Brexit. You voted for Trump. And this is what you've got. Perverts doing um, their, their cement mixing and gardening in the nude. For crying out loud! We don't want that. I've never got it. I've never got it. There's this thing, isn't there, now they're saying that um, if we're nude more and we see more normal, in inverted commas, shaped people being nude, then we'll have less issues, less body um, issues, and we can't be body shamed and, and, and fat shamed and... And all of that stuff. No, I don't want to. I don't want to see it. I've honestly, I've got no desire to see people in the nuddy. I, I, I don't do anything. For, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. And you go, to, you go to these, you know, these nudist places. And I've been to a nudist place because we're at a local radio station, and there was a local nudist place. And every six months, someone from the radio station would go down to the nudist place. And some people would, you know, some of the reporters would go and get naked. Not me. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't going to do that. Even when I interviewed them in the sauna, I kept my coat on, guys. Because I didn't be really with them. Because it, as I say, it's not natural, but I suppose, you know, it isn't. There's something, there's something fundamentally wrong with um, people's heads, if they think that just sitting... I mean, they're in the bar. I'm interviewing them in the bar. And the bloke sat there on his stool with his balls hanging out and his dick hanging out. I just think, why, don't, why, why are you doing that? And you think you're sitting on a stool. That is going to be... That's unhygienic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn that stool. Disgusting. And yet they think that it's all right, and they go and they go and play bowls and and tennis, tennis without clothes on. That's that's unhealthy because you can't have all your bits slapping about like that. That's dangerous. That's actually dangerous. You're meant to wear clothes when you're playing tennis to support your um your sexual organs. Don't want them slapping around in your thigh. It's disgusting. These people, they, they get me angry. They get me really angry because it's just, um, it's just not right, guys. It's just not right. God's sakes. Now, there's this device. Look at this. I can't believe this works. Right. I cannot believe this works. But there's this, this well, this, it doesn't work for this fella. He got dumb for it. Um, oh, I know it does work. Look, a salesman who fitted, or a salesman, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand, who fitted a £300 laser cloaking device to his BMW to dodge police speed guns has avoided prism. He's younger than me, look, he looks much older than me. Ben Kitto, 41, who travels 45,000 miles a year, imagine, for his job, bought the device on the internet. And it's this little box that you plug into your car um, that's supposed to... Does it work? They have a little separate box here that describes what it is. Let's jump to that and read exactly what this is. The scanners can be sold, bought and fitted legally 
because they also have a parking sensor mode. But use as a jammer is illegal because it creates the offence of obstructing the police. Um, So it does work. Isn't that weird? Just don't speed. And I've, you know, listen, I, I can hardly talk. I've been to court for, um, for, for speeding and it was the most terrifying experience of my life. I'm not ashamed to admit. I cried. I cried in court because I was terrified because I'd always been brought up to, um, respect, you know, the law and authority and all of that stuff. And fair play, I'd, I'd got too many speeding points. I'd got too many speeding points and I went to court and I'm, and I'm, I threw myself at the mercy of the magistrates. Um, and fair play, they, um, some, in the intervening year since the event, it took a year to go to court, um, three points had come off my license and they said, right, what we'll do is we're going to give you a big fine and we're going to put three points on. So you're back up to nine. Um, don't do it again. And I went, oh, thank you. I'm really sorry. I'll never do it again. It was terrifying. Imagine being in court for a murder. Flipping heck. God, I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. The most stressful and humiliating experience. And, and if anyone's seen me drive now, I don't even get close to 70 miles an hour on the motorway. I don't even get close to it. 65 miles an hour, please. Yo, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. I ain't going through that again. It Honestly, the, you, 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 it, and you're there. I'm, I'm going to be honest. The whole place is full of scumbags. I mean, there really are scumbags there, you know. And I'm there because speeding. I'm absolutely petrified. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Gordon, stay there. Come to you after this. Late night, Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, McGordon. Good evening, Ian, the Good. King of Late Night Radio. How are you? Uh, very well, Gordon. Nice to speak to you. We've not spoken before, have we? Oh, no, we have, yeah. I'm Gordon from St Albans. Oh, we've spoken before, yes, of course, yes. Yeah, you, yeah, were in the, you were in a pub? Yeah, it's closed. That's no, a shame. Shut down. Yeah, that's yeah, a, well, the best, shame. The best things don't last forever, do they? <sighs> they don't. No. Gotta move on. You've gotta move on. You um, said, have you moved on? Yeah, we were in the fryers tonight instead. <laughs> Good lad. Cracking well pub. Cracking well little boozer. <laughs> <laughs> Love it! Ian? Yes, Gordon? Do you remember the roly-polies? I do remember the roly-polies. What was the name of the main roly-poly? The roly-poliest of them all? Granny Smith? Mo. Mo. Oh, right, yeah, Mo, yeah. She was the shortest, dumpiest, <laughs> roundest one with the white hair. Yeah. Now, what kind of programme? Like, they'd do a little kind of tap dancey thing, wouldn't they? Yeah, and they had, like, shimmery um, outfits on. Would that be on, like, Blue Peter or something? Or, like, what What would they be They'd doing be on, like, variety on? shows. So they'd be on things like um, The Generation Game or... Um, yeah, two, two, one. three, it's that, that kind of thing. Now it's time for the roly-polies. And the joke was, they were fat old women dancing. And this was, this was, you've got to remember, Gordon, this was before YouTube. It was, yeah, yeah. So that stuff was still a novelty to us. Yeah, yeah. And the thing was, like, looking back, it was a load of old tosh, but yes. I'd sooner rather, I'd sooner watch them than Hollyoaks. Oh, for God's sakes, yes, totally, totally, <laughs> of course. And along a similar vein, right, as, as, uh, what were they called again? The Roly Polies. Roly Polies, yeah. Yes. 
Now, I've looked for this online, can't find anything. Maybe you can remember it. Yeah. <clears throat> there was this kind of bunch of, they were like kind of acrobats, and they'd be in fancy dress. Yes. And they'd run and they'd jump on a little trampoline and they'd kind of crash into it. They were kind of like clowny acrobats. Yes. Is that ringing any bells? Well, I mean, I know, I know of... Want to be dressed as a policeman, want to be dressed as a, you know... No, I don't, I don't, that doesn't ring any bells. Maybe I dreamt it. I think you might have dreamt that one. Oh, Maybe it's the Mandela it effect. YouTube. Yeah, no, because they d- it didn't exist. It only exists in your, uh, your imagination. Oh. Well, last time I called up, just onto another thing now, I'm jumping all over the place. Yes, I'm cool. nervous. You no, know, don't worry. We're, caller. we're all nervous. Um, do you, you, you asked me last time I called up, you said, oh, what's your favourite thing I've ever done? Because I was saying, oh, Ian, you're brilliant. Yes. And I remembered what the best thing you've ever done, yes. I can remember. Okay. When you interviewed Adamant. Yeah, yeah, I interviewed Adamant. He phoned my sister up. It was a brilliant interview. Yeah. And he was telling the story about when he performed at Motown's 25th anniversary. Yes, he did, yeah. And he, and he knackered up his knee. The only white artist to perform at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one had heard of him. Yeah. He had to follow Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. Yeah. And then he knackered up his knee, prancing about, and then Marvin Gaye and Diana Ross had to come on and help him off. Yes, they did, yeah, yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, that was that was such a great interview, I loved that interview. And that's that's it, the, the favourite thing of mine that, that has ever happened, of yours, of me. Yeah, yeah, I loved that interview. I, well, he won't, he won't come, we, we, we've been trying to get Adam Ant to come on this show since day one, and he won't return our calls. Oh, mate, that must be heartbreaking. It really is, because I thought that Adam and I had a close bond, and it turns out that he doesn't give a stuff about me anymore. He was, he was plugging, like, he was bringing out some new stuff on vinyl, wasn't he? Special vinyl. He was plugging. No, the thing was, because he was offered, because this was when I was at a music station, and no one else wanted him. No one wanted to touch him. And I went, I'll have Adam, man, that'd be brilliant. I'll get him to phone my sister up, and I can show off, because she had a bit of a crush on him. He's got a short memory, ain't he? Who? Adamant. Oh, right, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the other interview that was really good as well that you did was the, uh, the documentarian guy. Um, Nick Broomfield. Broomfield. Yeah, love Nick Broomfield. I've interviewed him a couple of times. I love Nick Broomfield. Yeah, yeah. After that, I, I got into, like, watching... watching. He was saying how he'd, do, he'd recently done... Or he, he was owed money, and the production company were refusing to pay him. So he was going to, and doing a sit-down protest, wasn't he, in the um, reception every day... Um, of the company until they paid him his money. Oh, right. Yeah, well, yeah. Was he filming it? Um, I don't know if he was filming it or not. I can't remember, but oh. I, I think he I think he might have been, actually. That that one kind of... That film that he made, Ghosts. Oh, oh but the, the Chinese... Uh, the, the Chinese winkle pickers. No the jokes, because they all yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. it's so, so relevant now as well. To really, what? Yeah. Uh, Really uh, heart-rendering. Yeah, heart-rendering. I don't think heart-rendering is a, is a word, but yeah, it was heart-rendering. It rendered my heart. Yeah, but in that case, we've made me go all camp. In that case, good. And after I watched him, it, it, it led me to kind of take more interest in other documentaries. Yes. I was watching one the other day. I, I didn't catch the name of it, but it was about um, kind of police incompetence in America and stuff. <laughs> and it was about these... Um, it was following these two cousins, and one had got blonde hair and one had got dark hair. Yeah. And they were just getting pulled over by the police all the time. Yeah. They'd got this, like, orange car with a flag on it. 
Oh, I didn't catch the name of it at the start. <laughs> they, um, were, they, they weren't um, um, the Duke boys, were they? Oh, I don't know. Did they have a I sexy um, sexy sister who wore hot pants? Oh, I don't know if it was the sister. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, the, the, the Dukes of Hazard. Weird uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. You've watched that, that that's not a documentary, Gordon. That's a te- that's a TV series from the 80s. Oh. I missed the start. It, it, it was it was like fly on the wall stuff. Yeah, f- fly fly on the wall stuff. Yeah. Darren. Oh, hang on a minute. Let's try again. Well, Darren. Again, you hung up on us, but I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not right on let you finish. Oh. Right. <laughs> well, Darren's back on. Okay. Hi. 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 Thank you. We're talking about video games, weren't we? Well, you were, um, yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. Sorry. Um Ian, I just apologise for talking over it, but the point was, I was a question. You're, you're how old? How old are you? If you don't mind us asking, sir. I'm forty-three. All right. Well, I'm forty-six. Will you still be playing video games at that age? I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. Well, that was the whole question, to be honest. Well, thanks for calling again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, let alone what I'm going to be doing in in, in well, a little over two years' time. I haven't got a flipping clue. So don't ask me what I'll be doing when I'm 46. How the hell am I supposed to know that, guys? A salesman who fitted a £300 laser cloaking device to his BMW to dodge police speed guns has avoided prison. Oh, how... There you go. This is it. How it works. The jammer comes pre-tuned to the same frequency used by police speed traps. It has a parking sensor mode, which is legal, but also a jamming function, which is illegal. It intercepts the beam. (laughs) This sounds very complicated, when really all you need to do is um, not, not speed. That's it. It intercepts the beam coming in from the speed gun. So it's an actual beam, is it? Comes off the speed gun. Isn't that funny? I would never, I would never have guessed that. There's, no, there's a proper beam of light that comes off the speed gun, and sends a beam back on the same frequency. The car's speed is scrambled. It also illuminates a light on a box in the car, and beeps so the driver can slow down for when he is zapped for a second time by police. Isn't that funny? Just don't speed. That's the thing that I finally, finally, after ages and, and you know, countless points and, you know, near near misses, the thing I've learned is don't speed. It's as simple as that. Just obey the speed limit. God, it's, so, it's taken me to the age of 43 to work that out. I'm a, I'm a terrible driver. I can put my hand on my heart and say, quite honestly, dear listener, I'm a terrible driver. I have more crashes than I, than I should. And I've been caught, uh, I've been caught speeding more times than I should. Uh, and I have now, I can, I've learned my lesson. Just don't speed. Simple as that. Just don't speed. When you see, when you see the speed limit, obey that. And if I'm not sure if it's a 30 or, or a 40, I'll do 30, I'll do 28. And here's the thing, obeying the speed limit constantly, as I do now, um, you know, I've get flashed a lot from people. And I don't, and I, I drive on the, the, you know, in the correct lane. I don't, I don't um, go in the fast lane unless I'm overtaking. I don't hang out in the middle lane guy. I'm not a middle lane hugger, as, uh, because that's against the law. Um, so I, I, I'm in the right lane, but you, you don't know, I get flashed a lot just for doing the speed limit. 
And I'd never, I'd never really noticed that before, but that seems to be the fashion. Good evening, Richard. Hi. Hey, Richard. Uh, just wondering if you've seen the numbers yet. Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, any, have you got any comments yet? Nope. No. Uh, well, obviously, you know, uh, Weird. Well, let's, Richard, Richard, why do you want, why are we talking about this on air? Why do you want to talk about this on air? Uh, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't be talking about this on air. Not really. No, I just, I'm just sorry, I, I just got emotional. Well, imagine how we feel, so let's not, why, why are we, why are we, you know, no. Yeah, so, uh, can I, talk, I'll ask you about something else. No, it's okay. I mean, for God's sakes, man, come on, dude. <laughs> How to suck the life out of an already lifeless show. Figures came out, they weren't quite what we hoped. We're still a new station, what, it's not even a year yet. When are we a year? Next month. About five or six weeks. We'll have a big party. What was it, March the 21st? Was that the, t- the 22nd? Is that what you're saying? Is it the 22nd? So what? Let, let's have a little look and let's see what day of the week is. Because we'll have, if we're on air... It's a Wednesday! We're having a party! You're invited! Not literally! Don't turn up! But you're metaphorically... It was the 21st, wasn't it? See? Uh, thank you, Ed, you muppet. Uh, it's a Tuesday! I knew it was the 21st. You're invited! Not literally! Don't turn up! You won't be allowed on the premises! But we'll be having, um, cake! Not literally! I'm trying to lose weight! Party music! Literally! Hey, let's get a band in. Let's get a band in for the, the, the let's get a band in. I'm assuming we're still going to be here in nice time. Let's get a band in for the um, very first birthday of talk radio on March the 21st. Now, you are welcome, dear listener, to throw your hat into the ring of potential bands to come and play on the birthday show. Although I'd really like a Beatles tribute band. If I'm completely blunt... Um, either, no, yeah, Beatles, I was going to say Beach Boys, but no, no, a Beatles tribute band. So my first choice would be a Beatles tribute band, but if you think, dear listener, that you deserve to be the, um, uh, band in the studio on uh, the first birthday of Talk Radio, Tuesday, March the 21st, 2017, um, then why not send me an email? But don't just send me an email, send me an email with like some, uh, <laughs> you know I run a record label, right? I do. And, um, we're doing, we run a, me and my friend Glenn, we run a Monkeys record label. We release stuff on vinyl and CD, and we're going to release um, a Monkeys tribute album, right? Um, on CD. It's going to be limited edition CD. It's going to raise money for the Davy Jones Horse Charity, the Memorial Equine Fund. It's a good charity. It's all good and stuff. We're working with the, the estate of Davy Jones. And um, so we put out this call, me and Glenn, saying on, on Facebook and on podcasts and on various Monkeys things saying we are releasing an album of cover versions and we want them to be recorded by you dear listener tell us what songs you'd like to do on the album and i mean most of these people are american right but i wondered if i was speaking a different language because i would just get emails with some people got it and they said oh i'd like to record this i'll send it in But then some people just email me saying, you should have Daydream Believer on there. What? You should have um, Last Train to Clarksville on there. And I I, I do wonder if if I'd said something 
completely different in American. Because people were emailing me, telling me the, the, the songs that we should have on there. And I'm thinking, and I didn't reply. I was, I was you some kind of idiot. But, um, I, I'm sat there thinking, they're just suggesting the songs that we should have on there. What use is that? And then some people would email in saying, well, I've got a band and we're a little bit, when we were doing the, um, the, 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 the they emailing said, I've got a band and we're a little bit country. Okay, we're quite poppy. Okay, can you send me some like something to listen to? Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Heck, you muppets. March the twenty-first. Be there or be square. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee. The wild man of late night radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Oh man, this is what the whole show was going to be about. And for the last 30 minutes, look at Obama and Branson. Just a couple of um, rich millionaire guys having a lovely holiday. Hey, those guys are crazy. I wish them... I, I, what a bromance. Bromance. Fridge or pantry, where do you keep the ketchup? Um, I don't remember the last time we had ketchup in the house. Here's the thing. Ketchup is frowned upon in my house. Imagine that. Yet, yet 75% of the people who live there love it. And yet it's, it's the, um, uh, dictatorship under which we live. Um, it's, it we are, it is verboten. It's a debate. Now, th- this is one of those stories. It doesn't have a journalist's name attached to it. So they couldn't even be bothered... Or they were too ashamed to put their name on it. Daily Mail reporter. Daily Mail reporter says. It's a debate that's raged across the country. Leaving some shoppers struggling to keep their cool. And others seeing red. Should you keep your tomato ketchup in the fridge or the kitchen cupboard? We put it in the fridge, but I bet you're supposed to keep it in the cupboard. We put eggs in the fridge. You're not meant to keep eggs in the fridge. There's loads of stuff. You're not meant to put anything in the fridge, really. You're meant to... A pantry, isn't it? You're meant to have, like, put it in a cool cupboard, but you're not meant to put it in the fridge. Oh, we got the boiler and the electrics fixed. They've been chewed through by a rat. So that's that sorted, then. Bloody rats. Um, should you keep your tomato ketchup in the fridge or the kitchen cupboard? The, oh, jeez, they're, put, they're putting jokes in. Of course they're putting jokes in. This is an important thing, guys, and you're putting jokes in, for God's sakes. Stop putting jokes in. And stop flagging up the jokes. The, uh, source, and they've actually written the word, er. Uh, the, uh, source... Of the latest controversy is a supermarket that has chosen to stock ketchup in fridges in one of its stores. What the heck? And disagreements have spilled over onto social media sites where shoppers have been arguing vociferously. I took a run up for that word. I thought it was going to be difficult. Actually, it was quite easy. Um, over where the sauce should be kept. 
Well, it's obviously, you're not meant to put it in a fridge. It's meant to be the cupboard. But I choose, I choose to put my sauce in the fridge. That's my choice. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you wish to have your say on this um, most important of subjects. Um, Asda, 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 Asda. Which is trying out the move at its store in Clapham, South London, carried out a poll showing that 53% of those who took part favoured the fridge. Well, what the hell flipping it? You, what this is, is a nice little bit of PR fluff from Asda. Maybe, maybe, maybe Heinz have got involved as well. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And do you know what? Just this once, I'm going to indulge the PR fluff. Because I want to see how they wrap this one up. I've never got, um... The brown sauce. HP, the, the, um, the, what's the fruity sauce? There's a fruity sauce. HP. It's just, like da- not daddy sauce. No, no, no. There's another one because my sister used to have it when we were kids. And it used to stink like, it used to make me feel, it used to make me chuck. It didn't, it didn't make me chuck. It used to make me want to chuck. She'd have this disgusting, vile, brown. If you're listening, Joe, what was it called? This disgusting fruity sauce, brown fruity sauce, on her, on all of her food, it was disgusting, dirty, and it would stink, and it would get all claggy around the lid. Oh, flipping heck! I've got two young kids now, so I'm used to that kind of stuff. But it was just horrible. Asda, which is uh, on Twitter, 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 Twitter. Users were similarly split. One user wrote, I hate cold ketchup. It does not belong in the fridge. And another one said, don't trust anyone who keeps ketchup in the fridge. But a third said, let's settle this this debate once and for all. You're an animal if you don't put open ketchup in the fridge. Um, And then they just listed loads of... um, different tweets from um uh, ari says in it's my birthday on the same day can i come in on the day and celebrate no we think this is a crash of course you can't we're not soft play ari no you can't come in march the 21st it's no one's birthday apart from talk radios and no, everyone else pales into insignificance guys okay that's this is the only one that counts. This is the only one that counts. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uh, the advice from most manufacturers is that until they are open, sauce bottles can be stored safely outside of the fridge. Oh, it goes on and on. We'll land on rubbish, really. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee. Talk radio. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here's a, a, a weird one. Imagine if your husband tried to kill you. This this woman forgave him. No, that's weird. That's weird. They're not together. Let's um, let's continue, dear listener. You can call in, by the way, the last uh, 
final ten minutes of the show. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number, guys. If you um, uh, if you want to call in, a retired dentist who tried to murder his wife after losing their savings. Flipping egg already, already. That's some kind of story, isn't it? Um, has been spared prison after she begged a judge not to jail him. Christopher Ship, 63, stole his wife, Shirley Ann's, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Shirley Ann's, life savings, and pawned her jewellery after he was fleeced out of 200, 200 grand in a pension savings investment scam. I mean, the proper desperation measures. When Mrs. Ship, 73, confronted her husband of 30 years, about thousands of pounds missing from her account, he began to throttle her in the bedroom. Grabbing his terrified wife by the waist, I mean, what a story, and attempting to strangle her with one of his ties, Ship alluded to killing himself, telling her, I'll be with you in half an hour, I've got the tablets downstairs. It was only when she desperately pleaded with him about their children and grandchildren, he let her go and collapsed onto the bed. Oh, flipping it. Flipping it. There's magic. Imagine being that, that stressed, man. Imagine being that stressed. We'll look at that in a minute. Yes, Barry! Yeah, it's a quick one. Cut me off when you're ready, Ian. Ooh. I won't be too long. First of all, mate, don't worry about the numbers on this show because with you and Kath, this show is going to do very, very well. Thank indeed. you, Barry. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Barry. The last thing, yes. I want you to rejoice the end of the evening because the end of winter is in sight now. When? When, when is the end of winter? When is, it, when is that happening? I'll tell you when Go. and I'll tell you how I know. Okay. Now, I'm a Virgo, so I'm an earth sign. So I love being outdoors. I love the old garden. Right. Today, I put the onion sets in, what? which is a good sign. Yes. Once you get them in, that's a good sign. Following that, what? I went off on my run this afternoon. Yes. Stuck the old iPod on. That's all I've got. You know, I'm totally uh, techno-illiterate. Yes. Zach and my granddaughters look after me with all that stuff. Yes. One of your grandchildren got in touch. Oh, uh, Zach. They didn't put a name on, and I can't... um, Where's it gone? A big shout-out to Barry Westwood, my granddad. That's... Yeah, that's Zach. Yeah. Doesn't put a name on it. He's 18, Zach. He's oh. six foot five. He's a lovely oh, lad. Flipping heck. And six my granddaughter's, foot five. My granddaughter's six foot. What's it uh, like having grandkids? Because I've got kids. And mine is, you know, they're still babies. They're seven and five, so they're still babies. But, but, uh, but uh, I, I can't quite imagine what it would be like to have grandkids. Well, I tell you what, Ian, this young generation, yes. they are absolutely blooming lovely. Oh. Now, grandkids, you will make... Oh, it's a long time to come, probably. Yes. You will make... An excellent granddad. Well. I promise you that. It is the nicest experience. And, you know, you get a nice lot of experiences with family. But grandkids have looked after ours. Uh, We've done the grandparenting since they were babes in arms. And I've loved every second. Do you not watch your your children, though, being parents and think, oh, no, you're doing it wrong. No, don't do it like that. You, You do it like this. But you've got to kind of bite your tongue, haven't you? No, I don't do that, Ian. I, I, I take the view, you know, that the parents are the parents. Yes. And, you know, if they ask you advice, that's fine. That's a different thing. Yep. But I'm very, very blessed. I've got absolutely lovely grandkids. My granddaughter will be staying over on Monday night because we're off up to Glastonbury. Yes. So if it's okay with you, 
I'll get her to call in. Beautiful. Bring the right. bring the whole family, Barry. We need everyone we oh, can I get. Tell you what, yeah, that'd be lovely. Yes. Now, just my last point. Yeah. This is why I can say rejoice, feel grateful. The summer is on the way. Yeah. On after I've come out of the garden, I went off on my run, stuck the iPod on shuffle. Yes. And the first song that come on in was Here Comes the Sun, George Harrison. Here comes the sun. That's uh, cracking. That's yes. all I wanted to say. Finish on a nice positive, mate. And you'll get your incense in the... Should get that tomorrow. And a few nice little bracelets in there for you. Thank you very much indeed, Barry. Take it easy. Tatty keep, bye. Tatty bye. Tatty bye. Absolutely bonkers. It, absolutely bonkers. Um, we... I, I had a go at um, uh, growing vegetables once. And it was... It, it's kind of fun to start with. Right. Because you see, um, uh, you, you see a little bit of, you know, we, we were growing, what was it we were growing? Um, potatoes. Potatoes are easy. You can grow potatoes in a sack. You can grow them in a sack or in a box. Imagine that. That's how easy potatoes are. Because all they want is dirt and dark. And that's it. You can grow a load of potatoes, put a bit of dirt in a sack and put um, a couple of spuds in there. Boom. They'll grow into other spuds. A little bit more complicated than that, but that's, you can kind of get the basics. So we did that. We also grew um, a bit, a little bit of sweet corn. Thought we were going to grow sweet corn. And we had the um, the seeds. You've got to do the seeds indoors first. And you get the little, um, the little, the tiny pots and you put the seed in. You've got to put cling film over them. And then when it starts to grow and the, the little plant starts nudging the cling film, you take it off. And then when they get a little bit bigger, then you go and plant them in the garden. And we did that. And we, actual sweet corn was, we had sweet corns growing. Cobs of corn. I could, they eventually, I'm going to be honest, they died because right at the key moment when we should perhaps have um, plucked them, we uh, we went away for two weeks. And when we came back, they died. So that was a little bit banky. But it, I honestly, and this is going to sound, this is going to sound dumb. This is going to, I have no idea how that stuff grows. And I was at, when I was at the, this is, this is what the whole show was going to be. When I was at the cinema the other day, there's an advert at the cinema now where you show popcorn popping. So you see the corn kernel and you see it pop, right? How the hell does that happen? How does that work? How does it go from, how does all that, because if you buy, I like, I like it. I don't like popcorn, but I like chewing on a corn kernel. I like the hardness. I like the um, slight threat that I might crack a tooth. I like that. But how come when they turn into popcorn, the whole, all of the hardness goes? It's not even like a little hard bit. I don't understand it. Rashid, I don't understand it. Why don't you understand the end? How, how I you? don't understand how popcorn works. Um, put it in a pan. Well, I know, I know that, you muppet. I don't understand where it comes, how you get this hard little kernel and that you heat it and it turns into a big fluffy soft cloud. Oh, you should have asked me earlier. That is, you know, the, the spontaneous combustion of the overriding, overriding masses of the uh, X chromosome. When you heat the actual uh, uh, corn, it expands to a rate of the 2.7 oh, X. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thanks for explaining it so well. Thank you, Ian. Ian! Yes? Have you ever had a friend yeah, that no. they know you? Oh, yeah. But they don't. They, yeah. pull a, they, they pull a stunt on you, thinking you would enjoy it. Uh-oh. What's, ha- what's happened to you, Rashid? Well, the caller earlier from the West Midlands who sounds like Frank Skinner's cousin. Yes. He was talking about 
roly roly polygrams. The ro- well, no, it's about the, there was a dance troupe oh, in the seventies and eighties yeah. who appeared on television called the Roly Polies. Well, I'm jumping the gun, jumping the gun in my story. Go on. Because the Roly Polies, yeah, they inspired. You remember those things you could get a uh, birthday, like a uh, kissograms. Yes, yes, of course, yes, yes, yes. Well, one of my first jobs, I worked in a factory. I've got to tell you an embar- my most embarrassing story. Uh-oh. I worked in a factory. I was I was 18. Yeah. yeah. And um, a girl there who used to work on the power press, because I was the labourer, the dog, general dog's body, yeah, she thought it would be a good idea to get a, a kissogram, which was like a roly-polygram for me. Oh, dear. And uh, basically I was doing my job. And uh, somebody tapped me on the shoulder, and it was, uh, you know, a large size young young lady. Yeah. And she was, Are you uh, Rashid? I was like, yeah, turn around. And she opened uh, her trench mac, and she said, happy birthday. I don't understand why anyone would think, do people still do that? Because that feels like a very 90s thing. Yeah, they don't do it anymore. I'm glad. I, yeah, I, I can't believe that that's still an ongoing, um, ongoing concern, because it does feel like, um, yeah, very 90s thing. And you get, um, you get fat people and you get skinny blokes and you yeah. get, um, no, those are the only two, fat, fat women and skinny blokes. Ian, she, she looked at my face and she knew that I wasn't going to enjoy it. And I looked at her face oh. and she wasn't happy and it was so awkward. And the whole factory were there, gathered around, big surprise. And I was contemplating running out the door. Yeah. And I thought, no, that would be embarrassing too. So your mind's going 100 hours. So I just agreed to do whatever she was saying. And I was doing mm. <laughs> going going through the motions, but I wasn't feeling it at all. And Wait, she yeah, wasn't uh, feeling it. it. I mean, it, it's, kind of, it's, weird. it's a weird thing, actually. Well, we, we're actually, listen, I've got to go. But thank you for that. Um, it, it does seem like a very old fashioned uh, uh, concept, doesn't it? To. Um, get you know like a kissogram to come and or or you or, or a sexy lady or a sexy man to come and put cream on their boobs and you've got to lick it off it, but in front of everybody at work that just feels like a very very weird thing to do
Join the Talk Nation. Pick up your phone and talk radio. We'll get you talking. 